What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You go, we go. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans. I think that was from Ladder 49. No. Damn it. Does our guest know? Do you know? I was oh back, backdraft. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You go, we go. Did yeah. you check that door for heat? And did you check did you check that door for heat? Always do that. Anytime you open a door, you gotta check it for heat. Always. 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 No matter what. No matter Going what. Going into a restaurant, Doesn't bathroom matter. at home. No. Doesn't always matter. check it. Always. Uh did you ever go on the backdraft ride? Yeah. Or it wasn't Studios? a ride, it was like an experience, it was experience right? Experience. Yeah. At Universal Studios. Did you go on it? Mm-hmm. Scary. <laughs> it was pretty scary. Like, pretty intense. Things were falling and they were hot. You like felt you the heat. felt they were the heat. <laughs> you felt the heat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome, fellow humans. We are talking uh, today, if you cannot tell, about fire. Fire. Actually, firefighters, because we have a hero um, in our midst. Bunky, a real life fireman, and one of my longest friends. Phrasing. Uh, and <laughs> a dad. Um, and just all around a wonderful human being. I'm actually really fucking stoked that he's finally come on the podcast. Phrasing again. Um, Bunky is a nickname. I actually didn't know what his real name was for two years. Honest to God, I thought his real name was Bunky for I, two straight years. I just did a side, side story. I did a podcast with a guy, a director friend of mine, Kyle. And I've been pronouncing his name wrong for five years now. It's not Kyle? Well, no, it's his last name. Oh. I was pronouncing it Kyle Coogan, and it's actually Kyle Kogan. Oh, damn. And I found out on the air with him. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, that sucks. He's like, I'm yeah, like, I got to let you know just right now. Interject. It's actually Keeley. <laughs> I, felt, so. I felt bad, but I think from now on, I'm just going to call him Coogan. <laughs> I think he's got, he's got a new nickname now. Yeah. No, so. but imagine getting, I'm 18, I'm 18 years old. I get introduced to a guy named Bunky. I'm not fucking questioning that shit. He's seven feet tall. If it helps you feel better, though, until I was like five years old, I did think that was my name. So Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask you is if really quickly, well, not really quickly, you can take as long as you want. How did you get your nickname, Bunky? Because I've heard like eight stories. Can I tell you this? No. Do you want to know my story? Sure. Okay. You told me this story. Uh Uh-huh. And just so everybody listening knows, I made up a different story every time I had to tell this. (laughs) Because the real story is so uneventful and disappointing (laughs) that I would just hate to see people's eyes like, oh. So it's easier just to create a fantasy world. He didn't even realize that the, the, the fantasy story that he created for me was the perfect one. So when someone called him by his actual name, I was like, what the fuck are you? That's not his name. Well, they were like, yeah, no, it is his actual name. I'm like, no, his name's Bunky. Poor Bunky had to be like, that's not my that's not my name. That's my nickname that I got because my mom and I lived in a two story apartment complex and I would have to leave to walk to school. And we lived at the very end of this top story of the apartment complex and I had to walk by all the doors on the apartment complex and they were all like screen doors and in Southern California it's hot so all the doors were open and this horrible poodle 
every time I would walk by this poodle's door, it would bark at me and like jump at the screen and like get really aggressive. And he was a little kid and like he didn't know any better. Like he just thinks it's a dog that wants to play with him. And then one day the poodle, because he had hit the screen so many times, it got out. And so Bunky ran to get away from the poodle and made the sharp right, the 90 degree right at the end of the apartments to get down the stairs, but the poodle didn't stop and it went over the edge of the two story apartment building and died. (laughs) And the dog's name was Bunky. And so his mom called him Bunky as like a joke and that's how he got his name and so this is the story it just I'm, wait it just took a turn i was in until like your mom was like this is what we're gonna call you like that's kind of fucked up but if it was like well, the next door neighbor like that it, makes it might have been sense. it might have been my older brothers because i usually oh, incorporate the older do you see the world building that goes on there right i'm already building sympathy right i'm already building compassion about how bad he i never felt for lived this. in a two-story Childhood trauma involved, right? So now I'm interesting, like, oh, what? There's some dark stories behind this guy here. You know, there's some there's some rain clouds no, just on the other side of this sun. Terrible. What is yeah. the actual story? There, literally, nobody knows. That's, That's the story. The worst story. Ever. Nobody knows. There, nobody wah, can remember. Wah, nobody wah, can tell. Wah, see, wah. and you see the sad trombone right there, right? <laughs> when did you people. start making up stories? Oh, probably. Well, I mean, in my town. I didn't have to because that was just my name. Yeah. Probably when I went to college and was meeting all kinds of new people and then initially seeing everybody like, oh, oh, and you get that like the shoulders droop and the face huh. kind of goes, huh, yeah. right? That's not fun. And you're at college. You want to make new friends. You want to seem cooler than you are. Because yeah. what, what, how cool is coming from a small town? Not. You know, and everybody's like, yeah, me too. Great. Cool. Yeah. So you start doing this, right? And then you just build this whole world building. And I felt so bad for him for years until I heard him tell someone else a completely different story. Uh And I was like, that's not the story. Caught in the lie. (laughs) That's not the story you told. You know how many people I've told this story to? I told my Nana this story. I told Linda this story. I told Kevin this story. I I don't remember the story. You guys didn't tell me. I did. No, I don't remember. Well, here's the thing. So I wanted to give a little back, a little backstory here. Bunky and I have known each other since I was 18 and you were 19. Yep. And that's what he's one of the, the friends I've had the longest, actually the longest friend I've had in California. I met you. Oh God. Within two months of moving to California from Seattle. So I freshly graduated, moved down here to live with Linda. I had no friends. I had literally none. I went to school and I met this chick named Stephanie. You had, you had one friend. You were little and... I wasn't little. I was in I was Junior like, high. I, I was going into freshman year. You weren't sneaking into bars. That's I, no. went, I went to your eighth grade graduation. Okay, but... But when I first got here... Don't say you didn't I'm have sorry, friends. you're right. I had friends. You were like my only friend. I, 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 I had way more friends than you did You did. Then. You had way more friends than me. I was a me. band. I met a girl at school named Stephanie, and she was coming from a small town, and she lived and worked and or lived not worked she lived in the same town as bunky are we telling people where you're from or is that too much yeah yeah big bear they're all from big bear all of our friends are from big all my the same friends that we know are all from big bear and this girl was from big bear and she didn't have any friends either so we became close friends and one night we were hanging out and she said do you want to go to the block 
And this was when the block was cool. And this was also when we were 18. And so going to the mall was cool. And this was in like the year 2000. So there really wasn't a whole lot. This is not going to resonate with any younger people. Oh, that's fine. The block being cool and malls being cool. I know. Uh, People are like, malls? What the fuck is a mall? The block? The block? Isn't that just the outlet stores now? It's not outlets. It's outlets now. It wasn't then. Back then it was cool as fuck. And there was a lot of shit. So we walked into the block and Stephanie saw this group of guys that she knew and she said hi to all of them and it was you and Richie and Nate and the other guy help me Derek Derek was there one more Matt Matt yes all five of them coming out of the block as we were going in and she's like where are you guys oh my god I can't believe you're down here from Big Bear you know you live here oh my god blah blah so then we decide that we're going to hang out and we go over to their apartment, which happens to be in Huntington Beach off of Warner, like not far from where I live now. And this chick fell by the wayside. Like she was, I was done being friends with her after like two months. She was a fucking psychopath. But I stayed friends with these dudes because of her. And I remember his last name now. I couldn't remember it yesterday. Richie had the most amazing last name it was darling and so i could easily find him on social media if we ever lost touch because our phones went out of service so like i lost you guys after like two years but i found richie darling on myspace throwback found richie found you guys again became friends with you again you were living in corona do you remember that place yeah do you yeah yeah yeah, it was Corona or Fullerton. No, it was Corona because I had to get off on Green River. Oh, okay, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Okay. And then lost you again. It was really sad. And I found him again on Facebook. And then f- I don't know where I found you guys. I don't know I don't know how we reconnected that second time because I don't remember. All I know is once I found him that third time, I never let him go. <laughs> did, did never let him go. Uh, tell me a little bit about like how you remember meeting me and our friendship and all that stuff. Like, do you remember that time? Yeah. Well, we would just remember the aggressively enthusiastic girl with the curly hair. Like it's accurate. Right. Yeah. Not straight up. accurate. Yeah. Not wrong. No, right? not even a little bit. Yeah. And just like kind of sort of fun. And I spent my first Christmas carefree. with you in California. Yeah, at that Huntington place, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. We went to, I didn't drink at the time, so I got, I got, I said I got drunk by osmosis and we made cinnamon rolls in the morning. Yeah. And all, it was me and five, five dudes. Uh, and we woke up and like there was a Christmas tree and we had Bud Light for, I think we had Bud Light for yeah. breakfast. You know how sometimes if you're in a room where people are smoking weed, you get a contact high? Correct. We gave people contact highs via alcohol. Via alcohol. Somehow. I don't yeah. know if that's scientifically possible, <laughs> it might but be. it actually happened. It did. I it think I read about it in Maxim. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure. Yeah, it sounds like it's sure. true. Like a well-researched Maxim yeah. article. Very, very well. And well-written, too. Yeah. Really great pictures. Yeah. Um, so there was these there was this group of guys that I was friends with. And the funny thing is, growing up in high school, I had guy friends. Like, all my friends were dudes. Um, I had, like, one, one or two chick friends. But all my friends were guys. And really oddly enough, like, people always tell me that's not possible. You can't be friends with guys. That's not a thing. They're not your friend. Um, guys just... They just want to fuck. So nobody ever really wants to be your friend. Um, They're just trying to get you into bed. So after being friends with somebody for 20 years, I can honestly say he is just my friend because 
I won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried. We've tried many times. Tried moving. Bail. Yeah. Tried changing their phone number. Tried not answering the door. Yeah, you're like a, a debt collector. Yeah. But with friendship. Right. Yeah. I will you collect my friendship. Up. No. Yeah. Nope. Never. Um, did you have a lot of female friends growing up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's the what's the draw for you with female friends versus male friends? Well, I was always just like, why wouldn't you want to have as many friends as possible? Exactly. Like, why limit yourself to half the population? Correct. Right? <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't, I, I never understood that in my head. And I think when people are just like, oh, they're only out for sex. Yeah. That that lowers everybody to like this sort of reptile existence yeah. where we're, we, there's nothing else appealing about interacting with somebody outside of like a physical orgasm correct or something right and it and it takes away any ideas of oh they are interested in similar things or we can talk about other things. They're educated like, in the same things I am or they're interested in the same things yeah, it I just, yeah it just like reduces humanity to such a like I was it was I was talking about it today level. with with my boss and I was like it's so frustrating to me that I read so many articles. I looked at like 10 articles on the on the male female friendship and a lot of them were super negative. Like really really don't do it. It's all about sex for men. They're always attracted to the women and I'm like, "Okay, first of all, I find a large problem with that because I find a lot of my friends attractive. I think some of my female friends are gorgeous, beautiful, gorgeous women. I think some of my male friends are super attractive and handsome. And why wouldn't you? Like the human person can be attractive without you saying, hey, you're attractive, let's bone. Like that's not necessarily what attraction means. So I found it really frustrating that they said men are going to be sexually attracted to all of their female friends no matter what. And I'm like, well... You're sexually attracted to, I don't know, Mila Kunis or Jessica Biel or right. Nick Hexum. Hi. Doesn't mean I'm going to have sex with him. Who's that? I'm going to kill you. That's oh, what's okay. going to happen. So, 65% um, of women and 75% of men reported having a non-sexual friendship with the opposite gender in a study done by Jeffrey Grief, uh, the professor at the University of Maryland in 2015. One of the respondents said he connects better with women because he doesn't enjoy the stereotypical twin pillars of the male hangouts, sports and drinking. Now, Sadly, that's like half of what we do, <laughs> sports and drinking. We're part of a group text, and literally we send each other. It's actually funny. I'm part of a large female group text and a large male group text, and you and Nate and Joe and Al are in my dude group text, and we do the same thing in that one as we do in the girl one. The only difference is we talk about free agents and angels and football, and we tell each other that we're giant fucking pansies, and in the other one, we talk about, like, barbecues and husbands and, like, periods and shit. I'll be happy to talk about barbecues and husbands. Do you want to talk about periods, too? Absolutely. Okay. What's yeah. been your most traumatic experience with a period? Uh... I think the first time I had to go buy <laughs> the pads. I'm so excited. When, well, was, when was this? It was, uh, God, I was 22, maybe. Was was it, wait, can we call her, can we call her Snow White? <laughs> so it was not go. for that, no. Okay. <laughs> no, it was, it was for a girlfriend, so I must have been younger. Yeah. But I, 
I didn't like it because I felt helpless because I had no no experience. Nothing. Why didn't she tell you, you what you to buy? You need heavy flow. Light she didn't flow, tell you what to buy. All this she may have, but my mind was so scattered with like, okay, this is <laughs> this, this is, is the thing that I'm doing right now, right? Oh my God. And so I just went into like, you know, in the movies when they have that big yeah bass and everything and slows down. And you just down. see all the pads, and you're that's like, what it was. And then it was just overwhelming. And there's colors, and there's people looking at you on the packages, yep. smiling, like because this is apparently a happy event. Jogging. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's and great. so I think it was just the uh, the helplessness of, <sighs> I don't know what I'm doing. You poor thing. I don't know what I'm here for. Do like, you have sisters? No. Okay, great. Yeah. Robert? Yes, ma'am. Most traumatic period experience for you? Mm. I mean, I think just growing up with two teenage girls... And finding stuff in the in the the common bathroom that we shared. Oh yeah, yeah. Bloody shit. Yeah, just yeah. just finding Sucks. stuff in the toilet. In the By the way, we're gonna now. have a period Nothing. episode here coming up soon. You guys want to be on it? <laughs> I guess I have to be on. You it. don't yeah. have a choice. You don't have a fucking choice. Um, but I, I have bought. I have bought for Bath Girlfriends stuff, and it was no big deal. It was it, like, it, you kind of have to be like, know. I'm a man about this. I'm not going to be a pansy about this. I'm buying tampons. Yeah. You know? But like, if I can walk to the aisle and, and go, okay, I need this brand, this thing, this thing. Okay, cool. I can yeah. accomplish that task. Yeah. Right. But when I see an entire... It felt like it was 100 right. feet high, a mile and a half long aisle. And I'm like, I'm lost. What am I doing? What no, am I, doing? I, I knew I exactly know. what I was. What I doing? made sure exactly yeah. what I was getting done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me what the draw for you is with female, like you just want all the friends you can have. That's it. Like, is there anything else about girls that you enjoy being friends with them for? Like, do they give you something that like guys don't give you? Is there like something more that you get from female relationships than male relationships? I mean, yeah, without trying to like go into like a stereotypical kind of thing, but I mean, there's, I think women just being more emotionally open and available mm, and true. it's things that where you can talk about things without having to protect that male ego yeah. that I wish would just die and go away <laughs> anyway. Right. <laughs> no, I like I wish, like we're like Robert said earlier, you, we have a space station, yeah. right? Humans are exploring the cosmos, the, the deepest depths of the ocean, yeah. but I still have to pretend like something doesn't make me sad. You know, because like, lest I be considered like, I'm so glad you had a little girl. Right. And and it's like, it's like people think it's like the Grinch, you know, where you, where your testicles shrink three sizes that day. (laughs) If you're like, man, I saw this thing and it really affected me emotionally. Oh, well, clearly. What a pussy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you'll never be a lumberjack now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Speaking of professions, um, you are in, and we'll get into this later, but literally the manliest profession so there is a debate that we'll talk about in a little while between cops and firefighters and the result of the research that i did is that firefighters win manliness hotness manliness and strength they win they don't win i have thoughts i I live with a cop i'm glad that you have thoughts but i want to say outright i've never met a hot cop i've never flipped off a firefighter and I'm always thankful when the fire department shows up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to get into more of that later. But we have an actual fireman here. Firefighter. Like, sorry. Thank you. We don't need to gender me. it. We right? don't need to genderize it. And that brings me to my motherfucking statistic 
of the day. I was practicing my transitions at home. That's really good. That's actually that was a money, great huh? tan. That literally gave me a lady boner. Okay, statistic <laughs> of the day. Is this your tip of the day? Or? Nope, statistic. Oh, not yet. Not yet for the tip. Uh, the tip is coming in just a second. <laughs> Phrasing. Statistic of the day. Women account for what percentage of the United States firefighter department? What percentage do women account? What what percentage? Guest. Shoot, I hate to say it, but it's got to be single digit. Wow. This yeah. Does this include paramedics too? Sometimes they. I don't know. B does it. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. If you classify first responders, that includes private ambulances, all that kind of stuff. If you said, like... It says firefighters. Yeah. I I have to think outside of, like, more, and I'll say air quotes, progressive areas like the West Coast, I got to imagine it's single digits. You got to give me a number. 8%? I'll be a little nice to the ladies. I'll say... uh, I'll say 20%. Okay. We're going to get into this statistic at the end. So I will tell you the answer. Please stay tuned. That's called the cliffhanger. And that's called the cliffhanger. Wait, cliffhanger. Oh. <laughs> um, guest, I'm going to do a tip of the day uh, really quickly. And then you're going to tell us about yourself. So uh, my tip of the day, I have to pull it up really quick. Tip of the day. And this is called day. You don't have headphones. There's something playing. There's something really playing. annoying. Oh, okay. It's really yeah. annoying. <laughs> it's actually my favorite. And by the way, my sister Lindsay says she loves that song, so I don't think we can change it. All right. She loves it. It's her favorite. Um, B- well, I might have oh. to because no, you, I, love well, it. I can redo it very terribly again for you. Or, I mean, um, Nathan Hornblow can do it again for Nathan you. Nathan Hornblow. That's who, that's who destroy, uh, made it. Um, but the segment is actually uh, just the tip. And oh, the, and we the do song, need to get one. The song says "Tip of the Day." I did it wrong, or oh, Nathan did it wrong. That's so, true. Nathan did do it I'll, wrong. I'll, I'll do a version right. two coming up. I want everyone to be grateful that they are alive and on this earth, and we are going to talk about one of the most precious baby girls alive in this world, Miss Sadie, and uh, I want you to understand how much math is is necessary in order for you to be born. So I want everyone, the tip of the day is to be grateful that you're alive. In order to be born, you need two parents, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 second-great-grandparents, 32 third-great-grandparents, 64 fourth-great-grandparents, 128 fifth-great-grandparents. It goes all the way up to the ninth. You need 2,000 48 ninth great grandparents in order for you to exist for you to be born today from 12 previous generations you need a total of 4094 ancestors over the last 400 years think for just a moment we're in the middle of a pandemic right this thing is awful covid can go fuck itself um we're in the middle of uh, of a financial crisis for a lot of people But think for just a moment over the past 400 years, how many struggles people have had, how many wars have been won and lost, how many lives have been lost, how many difficulties, how much sadness, how much happiness, how much expressions of art and hope and how much of this was done so you could exist right now. Like you are literally a miracle 
you are a miracle that that also 2 million to like 50 million sperm are released upon ejaculation. And that one sperm found that egg and made you into who you are. So my tip of the day is when you're feeling overwhelmed, having a lot of anxiety to stop and remember that you are actually a miracle and you're supposed to be here. That's my tip. Any thoughts? That was great. Thank you. I feel great. You do? Yeah. Okay. I'm a miracle. You are a miracle. I think uh, in addition to referring to myself as a goddamn American hero, <laughs> I'm also going to refer to myself as a miracle now. Goddamn American <laughs> miracle hero. <laughs> that one's for you, Lindsay. <laughs> we, put, we played the song again. He Sorry, Bunky doesn't have headphones. He doesn't have headphones. Fine. I'm just sitting Stupid. here in silence while yeah. they're looking Stupid. at each other. Oh god! I promised him there wasn't gonna be anything he needed to hear. You but did, and you lied, one thing, and you so. straight up lied to him. So, uh, B, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I want you to tell us a condensed version of your life. Where were you born? Who'd you grow up with? Your family, your friends, um, your parents, divorce, first time you hit a home run, aka had sex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about yourself. Go. Go. Okay, so uh, and your time is up. Yep, and I'm out. <laughs> Thank you guys for allowing me to. Cheers. Turn the mics yourself. off. Yep. See you later. Bye. Cool. Have a great one. Just kidding. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, small town. Normal small town. Uh, everybody knows each other. Everybody does whatever. Uh, grew up. Could not leave fast enough. Uh, it was a great place. Don't get me wrong. Same. <laughs> yeah, it was a great place. Uh, small town kept you out of big trouble. We didn't have gangs. We didn't have a lot of stuff that a lot of people deal with. What kind of a kid were you? Like, what kind of a, a elementary school kid were you? Oh, I was a monster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How so? What'd you do? Well, I think that I was I was fairly intelligent at a young age, and and so I I thought I was clever as well. Because again, remember, <laughs> intelligence doesn't equal being clever Not at either, all. right? Not even a little. I bit. didn't know that, and that no. lesson took a while to learn. <laughs> Um, have you learned it? Yeah, I'm getting there. I haven't. I'm getting there. It's baby steps. Um, no, just just sort of like school was always boring. Yeah, it was easy. I was I was uh, my skill set allowed me to do the 20 minutes of studying the night before the test and be fine on the test. Oh, you did. And all this kind of. So I I didn't pay attention. Oh. It was always a, a a waste of time. Yeah. Right. Even though I should have spent it actually learning more stuff than just memorizing factoids. And you just had too much energy. And yeah. Exactly. To go you know. Do shit. Yeah. And yeah. so and then in small town, you know, everything shuts down at eight. There's not a lot to do. So you're like, hey, big world's coming. Let's go. What were you like in high school? Uh, we were like big into the punk scene. Yeah. So that brought along, again, all of the... And that's Nate, who has been on this show before. He's ha He has an episode. He talks about um, growing up in Big Bear and growing up with Bunky and, and Matt and, God damn it, the other one. Derek. Thank you, motherfuck. Yeah. Um, I love those guys, too. How are they? They're good. You still talk to both of them? One uh, of them moved to Tennessee, right? No. Well, they moved around a bit. Oh, yeah, okay. but everybody's back. Everybody's happy now. We all kind of settled into the good life. Okay. You know, And so. Richie, who yeah. shall not be named. We shall not name him. Yeah. He fell away. He's fine. He's, He's is doing, he fine? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. No. Nobody ended badly. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's no time for that anymore. There's not. There's no You're time right. for bad endings There's not. Anymore. And Marcy, too. Yeah. If Marcy you have anybody too. in your life that you have a bad ending with... Just find them. It's easy to do. And say, you know what? I'm not holding on to this anymore. Amen. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. 
Um, you could literally catch a virus at the grocery store and die. And like, die. there's no reason to hold on to. Any <laughs> I have a lot of them though. <laughs> Start Dude, at the top. Yeah, just just some of them. Some it. of them I've made up. I like past band members. I've kind of we don't hang out, but we chat yeah. every once in a while like, on social media. But there's like a couple people that I've just like they had plenty of chances and they're done. So sorry, I can't. Have you reached out to Richie? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. But again, like we, the last time we saw each other, it was totally copacetic, fine, and it's just like cool, you know. It's like things end. If I ran into someone like that in the grocery store, I'd be cordial. I wouldn't like turn my and say, of course, of course, of course. But like to hold on to like bad feelings anymore. It's so silly because people grow up and people get older and they change and their views change and their desires change and like uh, who they are as people change. Like I didn't like mushrooms for a really long time, and now I like mushrooms. Like my taste buds change. Like our cells legit. Talk about what kind of mushrooms you're talking about. I'm talking about the kind that you eat for <laughs> almost at pleasure <laughs> on food. Pizza. There you go. There okay. we go. Because I, I literally thought you were talking about like psychedelics. I was like, no what? Fool. I don't know this about you. No, no. But <laughs> those like, are also great. Yeah. Our cells regenerate like every 10 years. And so you change as a human being. Yeah. And so to have friends that fade away, but they added something to your life when you were younger. Clearly, you had friends that added something to your life. You moved down to Southern California with these guys. Right. So tell me about how that came. Well, no, go back, go back, go back, go back. So who, who did you grow up with? You had brothers? Yeah, I had two brothers who were fairly older than I was. What does that mean? How much like, fairly? More than 10 years. Okay. Yeah, so I was like the whoopsie. How'd that happen? Uh, whoopsie. Okay. They're, they're my half brothers, but it was still one of those How How old was your mom when she had you? Oh, now I'm on the spot here. I know, right? Uh, In her 40s? Right at 39, 40. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, a, a okay amount older. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but they, they were there, but they had already kind of started their lives. Right. Like my oldest brother had already gone off to the military before I really became, like, cognizant of a lot of sure. stuff. And my middle brother was around a lot, but he had a place in Big Bear. He had his own place by wow. that point, you know, and stuff. So, I mean, kind of an only child, but not what do really. They, what do they do now for a living? Uh, one of them is a police officer, mm-hmm. right? So that's where that fun banter mm-hmm, comes in mm-hmm. at, at get-togethers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one uh, is retired from the military now. So Wow. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of like structured... So, okay, we have a firefighter, a police officer, and someone... What, what branch of the military? Marines. Okay. How did they get three like first responding law abiding life saving human beings out of out of that like what did your dad do well my dad did real estate and and contracting what did your mom do she was in banking <laughs> okay what so you they- can see the direct parallel lines between <laughs> banking and, and first real responding estate. right, right. Yeah. Co- correct yeah. yeah obviously yeah no i mean i uh, i'll give them credit they were the the rare people that knew exactly what they wanted to do when they were young Okay. Both of my older brothers, from the time they could know anything, knew, I'm going to be an army guy. I'm going to be a cop. You didn't know you wanted to be a firefighter when you were a kid? No, no, no. How old were you when you decided to be a firefighter? God, I was at col- after college. But you went back to Azusa. Well, no, I, I was going to be a movie maker. Right. I was going to be a filmmaker, But right? when you were at Azusa, didn't you take firefighting classes? No. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow, my mind's just been blown. Hold. So- 
move back. So you're kind of an only child. You got all these cool friends up because I think they're cool because they were like the first cool people I met in California. So I just have this distorted reality where you guys are cool. Um, but you are. I think you're pretty cool. I think so, too. My mom says I'm cool. You think Bunky's cool. He's cooler than you. He's yeah. way cooler than me. Yeah. Um, so when you were growing up, did you date a lot? Not really. Why not? Because Nate said the same thing. What's wrong with people in Big Bear? No, nothing's wrong. I just, uh, it wasn't for lack of desire or trying. I think we were just in that weird sort of awkward awkward high school. And then I think that in, a, in our town especially, um, it was very kind of movie stereotypical where it was like, Football team guys were the best. Uh, they dated the cheerleader. You know, yeah. like it was a lot of that kind of thing. And we were the, uh, we were purposefully the outcasts of that. Oh, you God. know, because you were the punkers. We we're the punk, right? Or converse and, and like they, and in our in our school, our, our rivals was uh, whatever team they were. They wore blue, right? So there was an entire week where the school it was hate blue week oh, and God. you didn't wear blue and you didn't do anything and the football players painted their nails blue because they would learn to hate it because a man painted his nails blue oh so my he's god and they and they were forced to do these like hazing you know, things yeah weird weird toxic masculinity weird things that get you to hate a color right because another team has anyway so we purposefully wore blue i we purposefully thank you punk wore, rock like <laughs> The, the the other team's <laughs> names. We made T-shirts with literal electrical tape with the other team's name because we had to be dicks, right? Because yeah. when you're young and punk and you don't really know what punk is, <laughs> you think it's just being a dick, right? right? And if I'm a dick, I'm punk rock, right? No. So that didn't exactly like endear us to a lot of people. Sure. Romantically, we'll say, right? Who'd you because go to prom with? Who wants to be that? Well. Well, we just kind of went to prom like in our group of friends. That's cool. You know, like it was... Uh, a couple people dated their prom dates and things like that. And, you know, you liked the person, right? That's why you asked them to prom. Yeah. But uh, it was in like a big like thing for, you know, it was just kind of like, this is our group of friends. You went because it was prom. You went because you, because it was kind of a thing to do. Yeah, I mean, well, what else yeah, are you going to do It was a thing Big to do, Bear. but also it was, it was the only thing to do. You're right. right? <laughs> if you didn't go to prom, nobody else was going to be around okay. to hang out. So you know? we have listeners, by the way, in Israel. Um, there was one in Iran that I recently saw, in Turkey, in Thailand. Okay, so we're worldwide. So for the worldwide... Someone needs to do the Step Brothers because I've said it twice now. In the worldwide, worldwide, wide. I wide, didn't know we were doing wide, movie quotes. I wide, thought we were going to keep that up. Worldwide. Wide. Wide. Wait, wait. Worldwide. Wide, wide, wide. There you go. Thank yeah. you. For the worldwide audience, Big Bear is a mountain town in Southern California. Which sounds silly because Southern California is home to Hollywood and Disneyland and beaches. But literally... 90 minutes from here is a mountain town that just because of where it's placed and the, why does it get so much snow? Do you know? It's just elevation and the topography of it. They gets, get a fuck ton of snow. Yeah. And so you grew up with four seasons and like fucking an hour, not even an hour, 30 minutes down the mountain. It was just hot mm -hmm. and nasty. Redlands is not a nice place. <laughs> it's just not. I'm sorry for there's, anyone. There's who lives decent there. parts. Is there? Yeah. It's in one of those Redlands? cities in Southern California that sounds nice, but it's not like Hawaiian Gardens. It's not. <laughs> it sounds it's so not, nice. Yeah. Big Bear is Garden Grove gets thrown in there, but Garden Grove's nice. 
it's all right. There's some every city has you can a find shitty nice area. parts and bad parts. You can yeah. of every area, but yeah. Big Bear well, Hawaiian is, Gardens. Come on, no. no, Big Bear is a small mountain town um, with a high tourism. Like that's how they get a lot of their money is all tourism. Those flatlanders, fucking flatlanders. Um, and our aunt Linda owns two cabins in Running Springs and Green Valley Lake, which are like 20 minutes from Big Bear. And our friend Nate lives in Fawnskin, which is right outside of Big Bear. Fawnskin sounds like um, something that needs to be circumcised. <laughs> FYI. I've always thought that. Every time I think about Fawnskin, I'm like, I can see the hood of the first penis I ever had sex with that was uncircumcised. <laughs> I just see it. That's because you're a degenerate. It's, it's, like, it's like a deer, a deer getting circumcised. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that too. Um, okay, so... You grew up in Big Bear. You went to prom with all your friends. When did you hit a home run? How old were you? Uh, I was in college. Okay. So 19. Okay. And, and who was it? My first, like, girlfriend, girlfriend. Okay. So your college. first girlfriend was how old? Like, your date? Yeah, 19. Okay. Yeah, we were both fresh. First kiss, too? No, no, no. How old were you with your first kiss? My legit first kiss was like, I was super young. I was like five. Like, making out? Yeah. Because she had seen Bonky. it. She had, well, neither of us knew what it was. Oh, five. She had seen like maybe an older sibling. I don't remember mm, totally mm-hmm. doing it. And she was like, Well, they're doing it. We should see what this is all about. Do you remember it? Think, oh, it's burned into my memory for forever. Please tell us the story. No, we were just at the playground, right? And we went behind this giant oak tree. Hot. Because even then, even when you're a kid, you know sex is taboo, but you have no idea what sex is or anything about it, but you know But you still have this like underlying like like yeah, like like we need to hide this yeah. somehow. And so we went behind the oak tree and I think we ended up just kind of mashing our mouths, sure. our open mouths together. Yeah. And but it was weird because it was like this is uh Something I don't know what we're doing, but something in my body goes. Wait a minute, right? Like yeah, and and there's like a weird stirring. There's a chemical no reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Like what it is? Yeah, or why it's happening? That's crazy. So it'll always be in my memory for that. So I always claim that like I'm some kind of stud. Like, what was her I name? Was at five, Angie. Ooh, you remember her name? Yeah. Oh, I tell you, dude, it's it's seared into that those memory banks forever. There. Yeah. Okay. So who who was the first person you hit a home run with? What was her name? Leslie. Okay. And how long did you date Leslie? Uh, probably about eight months. Okay. Nice. Maybe a little bit more. W- was it her first time too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How'd that go? Awful. Awesome. Tell yeah. me. Tell me about it. No. Well, because it was it was that whole still just that concept of like unmarried oh not did you grow up religious no okay well we grew up the fake religious oh yeah where yeah, you yeah. claim values but you don't go to church you, you don't really live by anything Easter right but like you got to be mm-hmm. married and like the gays are bad and like right. all this kind of right, stuff right, right. right all these sort of things that come with it but without doing any of the actual legwork for sure it. yeah um but it was just you know and it, it wasn't that far like that small town is 20 years behind everything else, Absolutely right? it is. So even if stuff had moved forward in the real world, it took long to filter to the altitude. Dude, have you been there recently? Yeah, we were just there a couple weeks the ago. The amount of fucking Trump shit that's in Big Bear blows my uh, mind. Have yeah. you seen it? That That's an entirely different podcast. It's an entirely different podcast, podcast because I'll go for we're not, years. But yeah. have you seen it recently? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Oh, you yeah. love Trump? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I thought I was coming on a QAnon <laughs> podcast, and so I brought all my statistics about you. how all that was going to go. Turn his mic off. Uh, he's still our president. <laughs> Turn his mic yeah. off. All right. None of that. Stop there right there. No, no. And so so you I had all this ideas of like what was supposed to be done, right? Sure. And then but when you're you're young and you have these feelings and you don't know about it and this chemistry is going on in your body that you can't really piece it together, right? And you're like, Well, everything in my entire sinew and fiber says I want to do this thing, right? So you end up just kind of going for it, right? Mm -hmm. And it was unremarkable, I'm sure, right? Neither of us knew what we were doing. Right. Um, But it was bonding, right? And it was like special in that form. Did you have sex more than once? Yeah. So it eventually got better. Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask her that, right? (laughs) I've always claimed that I'm the best of the best. Uh, So... Now you I can turn to, I can turn his mic off now. Yeah. God, I would never say that. And please, anybody that ever says anything remotely oh like God. that, just stop. Please understand that Monkey yeah. might be one of the most sarcastic human beings on the face Unless of the planet. Like a, like a veteran porn star. Then I'd be like Still. You you might be the Mike Trout of porn, you know, having I sex. Mean, but again, there's gotta but, be these there has to be the best. But what is but the what is what is what do you exactly how what is it giving per, somebody an orgasm? Because I can do that to myself. So I'm the Mike Trout of my own orgasm, right? So now if you yeah, because if you got a guy with a 13 inch crank, yeah, fuck that. that can just pulverize Absolutely somebody's not. cervix Get for out of 18 my cervix. or 20 minutes. Like, is that good sex? No, it's not. I is it know. someone who can pleasure somebody or is it someone who can jizz really far? Is it someone who can have sex for hours without I think coming? You're making the first sex Olympics. And you don't even know it. You Dear write, God, write this down. You're, these are ideas. Good <laughs> sex. I'm writing it. So, I'm writing it. Sex. As, as, but you know, as, as ridiculous as it is, Olympics. I'm surprised that's not a thing. I am too. Yeah, um, I'm sure it has to be. I'm, there has to be a sex. There's Olympics. somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna make one. Yeah. Um, okay, so but, so the tail end of that fun story. I love the fun. Continue. So again, uh, as good of a sex education as you think you might get from a small town public high school, right? <laughs> As well involved and nuanced and researched as you guys are expecting that to be. Correct. It wasn't great, shockingly. You will get chlamydia and die? Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. Abstinence is only thing. And if you ever even think about it, you probably already have gonorrhea Correct. by thinking about it. Right. And it's just going to go downhill from there. And you're pregnant because you thought about it. So we, we, we finished the act. Did you use a condom? Did not. Oh, Bunky. Well, again, we, you weren't planning ahead for this. Like, this wasn't like you weren't thinking five steps ahead of the game here, right? No. This was just like, hey, this is happening. We've been dating. We're making yeah. out. We're doing this. Right. Exactly. Right. And so I go to the restroom and there's blood. No. And so I'm like, <gasps> oh, God. I killed did this you, person. I, <laughs> I don't know murderer. what I did. I, I murdered. I, I did something. Oh, I punctured uh, what something. What is this? Yeah. Like, this Are is, you okay? this is, uh, God, What? how do I get out of this? I'm being like, punished. What is my escape plan? <laughs> Right, like if I just bail out this door right now, <laughs> someone help I got me bury two or three body. days before somebody finds the body. Right? Yeah. No, and so yeah, it was it was traumatic. <laughs> I bet. Immediately after oh. this, like, why doesn't thing. anybody tell people that? Like, that's so scary. Because well, you can't. There's the how old were you? You can't be honest. 19? I was. Yeah, like old enough to know that I should I should have known. Right. God. But it was just, it was like, I think it was just the shock of like, wow. Oh, that's there. That, and then all of a sudden you look down and you're like, 
my dick What's is covered in blood. What's this? This is not appropriate. This has never happened before. Am I cut? Am yeah. I injured? Right. <laughs> Do I have an injury? Yeah. Are there teeth in there? Oh. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't. Awesome. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, I wouldn't make a Hollywood movie out of it, I'd say. <laughs> okay. Has anyone? Yeah. Speaking? No, no. because it's awful. Poor Little Virgin. <laughs> and even that wasn't that good. It wasn't. But the second time was good. He just needed one time, and then the next one, they're like both ravished. I know, right? Like two hours Sometimes in. you just need the one time. But they did make a movie about it. <laughs> I, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. American Pie, I guess could be considered a virgin movie. They at least like dealt they, with the awkwardness yeah, of it. Yeah, for sure. But they still made them too good at it. And they were way too hot. Yeah. No one in high school is that hot. Ever. 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 Um. Oh, I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. What college did you go to? They went to Azusa. Okay. But you lived in Huntington Beach. Yeah. That's a far drive. Right. Oh, God. What was your major? Film. Okay. Yeah. And did you graduate? I did. With a... With a BA. In? It was communication studies, emphasis in media production, because they didn't have a full-fledged film major at that point. And what did you want to do? I was going to be a filmmaker. A I was going to be like this. Yeah, that's vague. What, like a production manager, a director? No, or? director. Like, you were going to direct but, movies. But I was going to do it all, right? I was going to be an artur. Like, oh, yeah, like, right, direct, produce. Yeah, like I was going to be Kubrick. Cast. I was going to be, you know, like these Why people that did Why did you want to do that? Because everybody, because everybody thinks everybody that, thinks because that. they hype you up on that, right? Because you have no, to. No, no, do... no, no, no. Why did you go to school for film? Oh. Like, what took you oh, to school? Just because for... I, I, were I you loved in, th- it. Like, were make... you in theater? No, like when we were young, uh, like we would make movies on like VHS cameras and stuff like that. Do these still exist? God, I hope so. Please, because they were outstanding. Please, can I watch them? Please. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any of them. God damn it. Yeah. But we would do like the torn open ketchup packet and you yes. hit your chest with it and that was the blood, yes. you know, and stuff. But it was just like, I think it was just a creative expression. Sure. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to do. And then they hype you up in college. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be, you You got these classes, you're going to go out in Hollywood, you're going to do it, you're going to be rad, right? And then you get out there and you're like, nobody cares. What did you, nobody so you graduated, what'd you do? Did you go straight to Hollywood? Well, I tried, right? What'd you do? But they don't, they don't. They don't tell you that everybody's trying, and they don't tell you that nobody cares that and, you did good. And in this right class. behind you is a new fresh of of people exactly. coming out of college that, that want your fucking it. job. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. nobody nobody explains that part of you, right? Because they're not going to shatter. It's the funny because keeps you coming back. I'm, I'm a little shameless plug while our host is away getting white claws. Um, my other podcast, So So Scrutiny. I I try to invite a lot of people I work with, filmmakers, and I ask them. Uh, I've asked everybody since I've started. The people I definitely know that went to film school, like, what do you what what do you suggest someone that wants to get into film that's you know young and either goes right to interning and trying to find PA work to uh, film school, and most of the general answer I get is it depends on the person. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But from, for me, I did audio school and, um, had friends that went straight from high school into just internships and was just getting coffee. And I was at like paying money and in classes and taking tests. And these people, these guys were like way ahead of me than I was in a school. So once I got like into film, I was like, I'm not going to film school. I'm just going to go fucking dive right in and do it. So I'm, there's different versions. Right. 
but it is hard. Like, cause I, cause I, cause I noticed a lot of the, cause I work with PAs and they're fucking 18 way younger than me straight out of film school. And I see them like, they are not expecting what an actual film set and what it really takes so to be, work. You worked at ABC, right? Did your, did your college help you get that? Or did you just apply for that? No, that was a connection. It was a friend of a friend. Okay, yeah. and that's how it yeah. works too. And that's, yep. how, it that's how it works. It, it's it was networking. It yeah. was. That's, did they teach that. you that in college? Yeah. No. Networking? Yeah, no. 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 Of course no, not. No networking though. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. So you were okay. So you moved down the mountain. You went to Azusa. You lived in Huntington Beach, which is fucking rad by the way that you like oh, yeah. 18 you moved down to Huntington Beach well we had However, five guys in five a two dudes in a two bedroom so, like I don't know it's a good that this is a an audio medium and not a full sensory medium <laughs> where we could just waft in the smell of five dudes living in it a was actually apartment. I don't think it'll ever get out of my nose yeah honestly and we even tried to did be you? clean we did okay yeah I do like remember. You never it, felt gross going ever. to our I bathroom. I never felt gross. No, yeah. no, no. There was never pubic hair anywhere or like toothpaste spit. Like, but I never had to take a shower, so I never saw the bathroom. Like, I just peed in there and washed my hands. But, yeah. So but no. for for young people that are listening to this, if you're hosting parties, don't waste your time straightening up the living room. Nope. Don't waste your time cleaning up your kitchen. Nope. Clean the Clean the fucking bathroom. Because if people feel gross in your bathroom, they're going to leave your party. I do want to say. Um, that Bunky was, I knew that Bunky would be my friend forever because, uh, we, I actually started drinking when I turned 19 and I got wasted at a party that they threw one time and he let me have his bed. Good move. Cause that's the right thing. He to slept do. on the floor and he's a dude, even though he literally, he's, he's my, he's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Every time we walk down the street, he walks on the car side. He pushes me to the house side. Like, he won't let me walk on that side. Who taught you that? I don't even remember. I had to learn that. Yeah. Neither of my dads taught me that. But he I, literally... I've, something I've, I had to learn. I think I was in my 20s. I was like, oh, was yeah. It was one of the coolest sense. thing ever. I was like, God damn, this human yeah. being actually that's cares that I live. Like, that's a fucking... Ch- cheers to that, yeah. by the way. Cheers to that. Cheers to being a cheers fucking... Cheers to me. Cheers to you. I'm literally the best. <laughs> I'm a goddamn miracle. You're a goddamn miracle. I don't know Ashley if you said so. know that. Yeah, Ashley apparently said so. So you're in school. You're going to film school. You work at Disneyland. I, too, worked at Disneyland. What'd you do there? I was a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, you fucking were. Can you please give us a little snippet, anything that you remember, any line, anything? Because we're really itching for some Disney. Did we ever get him? No. How did that not happen? It was upsetting. It was upsetting. That's how. It was upsetting. We would have judged the shit out of you. Nah. (laughs) You would have tried, and I would have knocked it out of the fucking park. He would have rocked your ass. All right, now I'm wrecked for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That would have been the best ride for everyone on board. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, do you remember any line that you want to just sling at us? Oh, shoot. I mean, I I don't know. I don't even know, like... They're changing the whole thing. Yeah, they are. They're adapting. Not the whole thing, but they're, like, doing... One of my favorite lines from the Jungle Cruise is... Please lower your head and watch your step. And if you miss your step and hit your head, please watch your language. There's children on board. 
That's a good one. My, that is a good one. My favorite was when they're like at the end and they're everyone's getting off and the, the skipper would be like, and I want to thank the California Penal Corrections uh, Department for letting me hang out with your kids. Uh, like <laughs> made it like he's like a criminal. Like, <laughs> yeah, always interjecting pedophilia into any joke. It's is genius. Wow. Any children that are left behind will be nailed to the floor at. It's a small world. You can pick them up there. I got one more. Uh, when they're getting off, uh, get out. No, I'm sorry. That was mean. Please get, get out. out. <laughs> now, now, just so everybody's aware, so we don't get any uh, paperwork from the Walt Disney Company, those are all off script jokes. Oh, absolutely. None of those are officially sanctioned. No, they are not. Yes. No. And you also worked on Indiana Jones because I used to come and visit you yes. at Indiana Jones. We worked there at the same time. Even the get off one, I've heard multiple people say that one. Get That's off. not an on script. No, please get off. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Right. Yeah, whatever. Um, you met Snow White at Disneyland. I did. How old were you? I high-fived her. You did not. High-five. You're not allowed to high-five Snow White. She doesn't know what that That's is. That's how you met? Yeah. You high-fived her? I high-fived. Did you really? Oh. <laughs> You're so stupid. No. Did you All I'm picturing is, is Snow White and him in his goofy yeah. uh, his skipper outfit. jungle like, outfit. Yeah. He's high-fiving Backstage. her. Where did you meet her? Backstage? No, we were both on the Jungle Cruise. Oh, wait, she wasn't Snow White at this point? Not at that point, no. <gasps> oh, wait, really? She did Jungle Cruise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's I can't picture funny. it. I can't picture it. Sneaky funny. I cannot. It's always the quiet ones. I cannot get picture it. I, I, I can't. No, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Continue. Okay, continue. Yeah. So, and then she went on to become Snow White. Yeah. And when did you start dating? Uh, When we were working at Jungle Cruise. Oh, wow. Yeah. With the ultimate best pickup line of all time. Please lay it on me. God. I it's hilarious, but it's so it's so gross and obnoxious I'm ready. way. I'm ready. So Axe body spray Ew. was not a thing like it is now, right? right? It had just come out and it every did. commercial What year was this was like two thousand two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right in there. And every commercial was you do a spray of axe and women literally throw themselves physically right. onto you, right? right. You're smothered. So, yeah, exactly, right? So that's the thing going in. So the, if anybody hasn't been to Disneyland, the water stagnates on hot days sure and does. it smells real bad. Like sewer. So if you if you don't smell real bad, you smell really good, right? Oh, right. So right before my shift, a little, psh, psh, you know. Little that's what your apartment smelled chest. like, by the way. Was that? Your apartment smelled like stagnant water and Axe body spray. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you kept coming over. Right? I, am t- you, I axe, didn't have any other the friends. The Axe drew you back. I didn't the have any works. other friends. Uh, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Axe Body Spray. Oh, unofficial sponsor. If you would like girls to not notice as terrible as your apartment hey, smells. I'll take free shit from any company axe. at this point. Unofficial sponsor, Axe Body yeah. Spray. Fine. Yeah. If you hate taking a shower, or the but don't want to be repugnant fem- Female version, Axe. Axe. <laughs> Continue. What was your pickup line? So I had the body spray on, and she says, wow, you smell good. And I said, thanks. It's Axe. Does this make you want to do me? <laughs> Literal first words out of my mouth. No, but you have to know who his <laughs> wife is, because that's not something you would ever, 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 ever utter to her. This is where being intelligent and being clever don't intersect, right? You think you're being clever you're and not. you're being fun Damn and you're it. not. You're being gross. Did she walk away? No. Oh, fuck. Well, she literally couldn't because she was at a different spot oh. and it would have been a safety hazard if she had. <laughs> you so I had a captive audience. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Oh, God. And then what did you do? Ask her to dinner? 
Uh, yeah, I think Bayou? a couple days later, I was like, hey, oh, there was a party going on. Oh. And so it was like, hey, party, party, party. party you want to party uh, with me? Yeah, right. Yeah. And we met and then it's been all downhill for her from there. No, it has not. Oh, yeah. You're such a liar. She should have done so much How many better. years? A million? No, I need a number because my boss, again, I was telling him about our episode today and he was like, who wins in the longevity of relationships? And I was like, I actually think... Bunky and Snow White may win, but I'm not sure. How many years? Do you know? 2003. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. What is that? Do math. I'm not good at math. Please do math. Don't Can you do spot. math? God damn it. 21 minus three is what? 18. Eight. Oh, you did. You beat us. 18. There it is. You beat us. All right. Um, okay. So, you're at Disneyland. You're going to Azusa for film. You actually worked at ABC on some shows that I personally loved. What was that? What was that airplane one? Pan Am. Oh, that was such a good show. I'm so pissed with Christina Ricci. I have yeah. a question. God, that was a How, fucking you should have told one. your friends to watch it because nobody did. I did. It was fucking. So great. you said you got those through your yeah. connection. Yeah. Who who was that connection? What was their involved? One of the other people that worked at Disney with my wife. Her husband worked there. Okay. Yeah. So when that's not easy to do. Sorry, it's not easy to just get on a TV show. No, No. it's not. What (laughs) I've been trying for a while. At what point did you want to become a firefighter? Like when did that start? Well, so in the interim of trying to get into Hollywood, I became an EMT. Oh fuck, that's right. Yeah. Because that was a job to have that had pretty open hours. Yeah. Pretty open hours. It was something that you could do. And still do other things. Right. You know, you worked like four 12-hour shifts one week, three 12-hour shifts next. It doesn't pay great, though. Not at all. Not nearly enough. Did you quit Disneyland and then become an EMT? Yeah. Did you have to go to school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you go to EMT school, and then you become an EMT. You usually get a job as like a private ambulance company or something. AMR, right? Yeah. Because that's how I saved Al's name was Al AMR, and I thought his name was Al Amer. For that ever. works. I mean, I really have a hard time with names apparently because yeah. I thought it was Al Amer for a while. I didn't realize it was Al King, and I thought you were Bunky for like two years. Yeah, you're not great with names. Shut up. But it's okay. It's fine. Um, so in the interim, while you started being an EMT, which is different than a paramedic. Yes. Really, really huge difference in California. Oh. Some places in the Midwest, the difference becomes less. So I remember but on vividly, the West Coast, an EMT and a paramedic have. I remember vividly different. calling you an EMT when you became a paramedic, and you got angry. That might be a strong word. Okay, you were upset. Yeah, you were upset. Your face got red. Mm, it's always red, though. But it got redder. Oh, okay. Like redder. Like, way redder. So, you became an EMT just to pass the time while you were trying to go to Hollywood. At what point were you like, fuck, this is what I want to do? I think being in Hollywood uh, was fulfilling monetarily. Okay. uh, But not, like, in a greater sense. Okay. Like, I wasn't really doing anything that contributed that I felt to the world. Like, there was a day where I was getting the writer's room, and we had to get them Perrier water, right? And we got regular Perrier water. And they wanted Perrier water with lemon. Okay. And this turned into a massive, massive fucking issue with executive producers getting involved, showrunners getting involved. And at that point, I was like sitting there and I was like, look, and this was not a good show. This was not like we're changing the world show. What show was it? 
it was it was it was a rerun, a redux, whatever you want to call it, of a previous show that a famous country singer had already done. Nashville. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Reba. So. Ooh. They're going and they're complaining to everybody who will listen about the Perrier water. And I was just standing there and I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like you guys are writing regurgitated scripts right. for a TV show that nobody's watching right. and earning exorbitant amounts of money. That I don't while, see. While literally on the other side of the studio walls is one of the most impoverished areas in Los Angeles. Accurate. And you're complaining about the flavor of your Perrier water. And at that point, I was like, no. And so that combined with always having to hustle for your next gig, because you never know. There's nothing stable in that industry. Yeah. You Robert, could, you know. You could be on you the most the popular choir, show in the world the star tweets out some drunken thing at 4 a.m., gets fired from the show, the show gets canceled, you no longer have a job, right? Dude. So no stability. Well, especially then, if you're a PA. <clears throat> especially, yeah, lot, if That's why PA. their unions are involved, but yeah. there's no union for PAs. But yeah. No, and everybody unionized. That's another thing. They're unionized. Yeah. Organized and unionized. Yeah. Everybody, everybody. Everybody. That's me being a socialist. Though. Protect. I hey, a socialist here. Cheers. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, no, and it was just, it was completely unfulfilling. There was no stability. How old were you? Uh, it was after college. So 25? Yeah. I was in EM. No, it was, it was later than that because I was an EMT and a paramedic for a while first. And then I went into that because like, okay, am I going to give up on my filmmaker dream? You know, whatever. Yeah. And then it was just. I, it wasn't for me, and it wasn't what I was. So the you bill went, of you were an EMT, and then you got promoted to param, or you took. You went to paramedic school. You went to paramedic school, yeah. and you became and I was a, a paramedic, paramedic in a firehouse. No, as a private. Oh, yeah, with as AMR. A private, yeah. Okay. And then it was like, okay, am I really ready to do this path? Because I really like that, right? You're helping people. You're you're doing something that you can feel tangible about. Yeah. Right? Instant gratification. Sure. And then it was like, okay, am I ready to give up on this filmmaker dream? Let me try it. Went back, was like, no, this no, is absolutely not this. it. Came back to emergency medicine and then firefighting. Okay, there. so on that note, we're going to take a break because all of us have to pee. And I feel like this is a good spot to stop because we're going to come back and talk about uh, Bunky's journey from paramedic in a firehouse to firefighter it took you two tries to go through fi the fire academy correct mm -hmm. but the first time was horrible second time horrible but for other reasons because it's physically demanding and awful yes and then you made it we're coming right back here we go can we take it to our axe sponsor taking it down to paradise city actually yeah. We're back with one of my BFFs, Bunky. Uh, thanks for keeping up with us and uh, tuning into the second half of this amazing story of a firefighter who's one of the most amazing humans I've ever had. So um, let's talk about the Fire Academy. Tell me what 
that's like. Tell me what it feels like to go through the rigorous sort of athletic and also like mental like you went to the desert all i remember when you went through the fire academy is you went to the desert and you lived there and you you woke up every day at four and you did burpees for like a hundred hours and you lost like 75 pounds and you had to shave your amazing beard off and you hated your life yeah, there were some rough spots. <laughs> it's 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 all about um, breaking you to the point where you think, okay, I, like I can't do anymore, and then showing you you can. Okay, right? Why do they do that? Because and it comes from the military where you think you have these limits of what your body can do, right? Like you think, okay, I can only do twenty push-ups, right? But when you're in a stress environment and you're being motivated, whether positively or negatively, sure. further beyond that, you're like, oh, I can do 25, I can do 30, right? And so that builds the mindset where if you ever become in a life or death situation, you know I can do more than I think I can. So Dr. Robin Grant Hall, a clinical psychologist who worked with uh, firefighters and first responders says that first responders and emergency responders have differences in their brain that allow them to respond to emergencies and become more resilient. The same brain characteristics allow individuals to be calm and level-headed during an emergency and improve resiliency, allowing first responders to repeated, repeatedly respond to situations that would lead to serious trauma in others. So basically Basically, there is something in your brain that tells you to run into a burning building and something in my brain that tells me to run the fuck away from right. a burning building. With no clinical knowledge whatsoever, there's something different in the brain of people that do this job. Right. And so did you ever see anybody in the fire academy who thought they wanted to be a firefighter who couldn't do it? Yeah, and you see it all the time. Okay. Yeah. You see it all the time. You see it when somebody gets their very first fire. Okay. And they're shaken by it. Okay. You see it when somebody goes on their first uh, cardiac arrest and their first time touching a dead human being. Right. Right. You see them afterwards and you see the realization where and they're they like, can't do this isn't something I can do. Right. For me, it would be car accidents. That would be my, like, I don't think I can do this. Like yeah. fire, I don't think I would have a problem. I mean, I say that. Who the fuck knows? Bringing someone back to life. That feels like I I feel like that'd be pretty fucking cool. No, like, it is. Like you're you're literally playing God. Yeah. Because they're dead. Yeah. And now they're not because right. of what you, you did. You just did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that that comes into it, but you also have to be able to turn the part of your brain off and it there's no nice way to say it. Not that you don't care, mm -hmm. but you can't live on that. Yeah. Right. So when the person dies, yeah, they're they're dead, right? And you have to be able to say, okay, next call. Yeah. Okay, let's go eat lunch. Yeah. Right. So you have to have that, and and some people don't have that. Right. They don't have the ability to to flick that switch. So where now that's gone, and now we're not. In are that you moment. not shaken when you go to a call that's like 
a car accident or a toddler who's drowned and you're like, okay, well that's like, I have a toddler. Like is, does that not change? No, because when you, when you get into that moment, you, you put all the rest of it aside okay. and you go into muscle memory and you go into just repetitiveness that you've done because you've practiced it, you've mm-hmm. trained for it, you've done this right. And you, you can't think about that part of it and you can't, because that's, that's what will get you, right? That's what will mess you up when you yeah. start investing yourself. Or comparing it to someone yeah, you know. something else. And so you got to take that part out of it because this is a standalone single situation. So it says that the fire academy requires 600 plus hours of training and 10 to 16 weeks to complete. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long was your fire academy? 16 weeks. Okay. And where'd you do it? In... In the department I work with. In the desert. Well, parts of it were in the desert. It was like like 30 degrees at 4 a.m. Yeah. when you would go out and do your drills. Yeah. Right? And what, okay, just give me a day in the life of a fire academy bitch. So you get there early, right? Because if you're ever late, ever, like, no, right? No. So you're always there early. You get everything lined up. Everything has to be uniform. Every single person's things, the, down to the zippers, where they are on your bags. Can right? I ask you what, what time, though, when you say early? like what? So time? so let's say that, that physical training started at 6 a.m., right? You're there at 5 a.m. Okay. Right. Because you're getting everything lined out. Yeah. You're getting everything dialed in, and you have to be ready to go at 5.58, you're in formation, in position, waiting for the so militarized it is yeah and pros and cons to both of those sure because if you give somebody an inch they take a mile right and so if you're the lax that's like okay well we'll start around six well guys are gonna start showing up at 605 Mm -hmm. 610 615 Mm -hmm. right so you you have to you have to be the hard ass right yeah and and when you're in the moment doing it the the zippers you're like who cares right who cares right but when you're on your own and you're expected to have everything dialed in, that attention to detail is necessary. Because when I'm going through my equipment, if I see something that's not right, and I'm like, meh, whatever, and then later that day, I need that piece of equipment, and it's not working, and I knew it wasn't going to work because I saw it not where it was supposed to be, that's going to cost somebody their life, potentially. Right. Right? So that attention to detail, or me, or my partner. Or or your partner. Whoever else, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so... It, going through it, you're like, oh, I hate this. But it's building the foundation for what's going to make you successful, right? So you get there, you dial that in, then you do physical training, which is excessively demanding, right? Yeah. For a reason. Tell me about the thing that you had to do. You had to run a thing and you had to get it in under a certain amount of time. What's so the thing? So we had a, it, it was, like a, it was a, a final almost. And it was a three mile run, a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups and 10 pull-ups in under 30 minutes. That okay. was the physical final that needed to be performed by everybody. Okay. So. Say it hard. one more time. So three mile run. Three mile run. 100 push-ups. 100 push-ups. 100 sit-ups. 100 sit-ups. And 10 pull-ups. In, in under, under 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Did you have to do it in that order? You could do the run. The run always came first. Mm. Then you could do everything else as you kind of chose. Okay. Right? So it wasn't 100 straight push-ups. It wasn't 100 straight sit-ups. Oh, okay. If you wanted to do that, you could. 
You couldn't have done a mile, 50 push-ups. No, mile. no, the, the run always came first. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you were in like, and, and how old were you when you started in the fire academy? I started, I started late. So that's funny that you say that because the average age of firefighters is between 30 and 39. The majority of firefighters are in their 30s, are 27 percent of firefighters are between the ages of 30 and 39. Yeah. So you didn't start late. It started late in the fact of I wasn't in my early 30s. I was in my mid 30s. Okay. Right. You were the oldest one in your fire academy, right? There was one older. Okay. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, you. we did it and your body adapts and you become something you didn't know you could be and you could do more than you thought you could. You did like burpees all day. Yeah, I'm never doing another burpee again in my life. Ever the fuck again. Yeah. Um, but the, it's it's all of that because they know when you leave that, that's, that's when you're at your best in a sure. way. You know more information about every piece of apparatus. You know more information about every single little thing, the numbers on everything, all oh this. God. You're Do- probably never going to maintain that workout schedule that much because it's easy to be like, eh, I'm going to skip leg day today, right? <laughs> so they do Who that. And like, this is your This is your peak, and then... You may not fall off a cliff from it, sure. but you're going to trend down. Do you still work most- out? Absolutely. Okay, because yeah. you have to. You have to. That's one of the main differences and- that they say is between cops and firefighters is that firefighters maintain. Yeah, the, the, the police will go, oh, yeah, they got all that downtime. What else do they got to do? And they're... Well, one of the things they say is that firefighters get paid to work out because they're waiting for a call, right? They're waiting for... But that's amazing that that's what you do in your downtime is you perfect your job. So I'm sorry. Like, if I'm in trouble and I'm stuck in a fucking burning building, I'm calling the guy who's working out on his downtime, not the guy who's fucking sitting at his desk drinking coffee. I'm pretty sure they're the same number, but okay. What? 911? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, <laughs> well, call okay. them. But right. to be fair to cops, they also have a lot of other stuff to do. They do. They have a lot and of other stuff to do. They have a gym in their car. So police so. academies say that they, they have made, They made shake shake weights for a reason. A thousand <laughs> hours of training and it takes 6 months for a police officer to go through training. Um do you happen to know when the first volunteer fire brigade was established and who established it? That was in the Boston area. It was? Yeah. Do you know the person? Uh, I don't remember the name, but I remember that it was established in the Boston area. No, but he was one of the volunteer firefighters. I asked this question of Kevin last night, and he knew the answer right away. I was like, whoa, bro. Jeopardy. Benjamin Franklin. I was going to say that, but that seemed too obvious. I know, right? God, Um, he did so much. He really did. (laughs) He created the fucking postal service. Um, Bifocals. I know. So every 23 seconds, our fire department responds to something, okay? What was the number? 23 seconds. Every 23 seconds. Every 20. In America? In America. Okay. The fire department responds to something. Okay, last year, not last year, 2019, 33 million calls were for service. I don't know what that means. 21 million was for medical help. 2 million were for false alarm. Only 1 million calls were for actual fires. How many times in a, like, because you work eight, like eight days on and then like eight days off, right? Well, let's get into that. 
we didn't get like so you graduated. How many? How many? How long were you in this academy for? Sixteen. So weeks. sixteen weeks. Sixteen weeks. Yeah, and then you do, do they, a year of probation. Do, do you get to choose where you get to go, or do they put you no. somewhere? No, you and and other places may be different, right? We're obviously a very like I work for a very large department. Yeah, right. some places only have four stations for their entire fire department, right? So they don't really go a lot of different places, right? A local, a small beach community like Redondo Beach has two stations, sure, right? So we we went to a lot of different places, yeah, right. you know. Uh, so my experience is not always typical, yeah, for that. Uh, yeah, and then you do a year of probation where you are giving drills, you're showing people, hey, I know how to do the job. Mm -hmm. Let me show you that I can put throw this ladder. Let me show you that I can cut a hole in a roof. Yeah. Let me show you all these other things. And you're proving yourself essentially to the people you're going to be like working a, with. Right. It's like a second AC. Do you know what that is? Oh. No. It's a film thing. It's oh, like oh, I second gotcha. Second AD or something like yeah. that. It's the one below. below. Yeah, you're, like, the, you're the talent wrangler, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. um, 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 rescue. What is the Dennis Leary? Rescue me. Rescue me. Like that's a pretty accurate, I feel like, representation of. As what... far as Hollywood goes, they nailed it. They nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But so you with were the, with the camaraderie, with the oh, camaraderie, sure. with the talk with the in the house, with the probies, the hazing, all that stuff. Oh yeah. No Hollywood ever gets fires or medical right because they're not nearly dramatic, dramatic. enough for Hollywood. <laughs> right. So nobody ever gets no. those right. So, okay. When was the last time you had a shift? A couple, like two days ago. Okay. How many days did you work in a row? Four. Okay. So that's the other thing that they say is different about cops and fire firemen. They're working like 48 to like, like, well, I don't even know what the multiplication is because fuck math, but they're working like four or five days where they're actually working. They're on call the entire time yes. where a police officer has a 10 hour shift in a day and then goes home and goes to bed in his own bed. You sleep at the firehouse. And if a, a call comes in at two in the morning, your ass is up. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Has that affected you mentally in any way to like not get regular sleep or to not? I'm, I'm sure it has, but you just sort of adapt to it. OK. You know, um, I'm at a busier station okay. where we are up a lot. You know, we have our nights where we don't have any calls. OK. But for the most part, we're up. We're we're fairly busy. So what's the busiest time of day for you? It all depends. Um, you know, usually morning times people wake up and they're. You know, loved one or whoever is had a stroke overnight, sure. gone into cardiac arrest overnight, sure. isn't feeling good at night. So you get the morning kind of rush. You get the people commuting and they get in accidents mm -hmm. on the freeways. Uh, you get the right around dinner time where people yep. come home not feeling well. Yep. And then the late night calls when they can't sleep. Now, okay. all that's medical aids, right? Sure. Fires happen whenever. Whenever the fuck they want. Whenever they want. Yeah. So what was your experience in this last shift? How many fires did you respond to? So we we had a, a fire where we were the first ones on scene, and house fire. Yeah, house fire. Ugh, yeah, poor people. Um, yeah, it was like it's there's a lot of stuff I won't say because it sounds cold and heartless, sure. things like that, right? Because you need to have a very dark sense of humor of in course. order to cope. Kind of like working in an ER. I a would little imagine. bit, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but so I mean, it was uneventful in that it was easy to put out. Sure, um, it was a hoarder condition. The people oh, that lived no. there were a lot of transients, so it was dangerous in that aspect because there's no easy access and things. So there was there access was dangerous to it. Yeah, nobody died. Nobody died. No, Good. but before that, um, I was on for several days, and we had a fatal house fire. We had a fatal. Uh, 
car accident on the freeway oh. and I had four cardiac arrests. So Jesus. like I literally had my hands on seven different dead people in like a four day. And none time of them span. came back? No. Oh fuck. Yeah. That and so, sucks. Yeah. So it, it's weird, but that's where I talk about that switch because if I took that home, oh my god, no, there's no way, right? No. You can't be a, a loving husband and a good dad, or loving mother, wife, whatever, yeah. right? Holding on to all that, right? Right. What do and you so, do? What is your like procedure to like let go of it? Do you wash your hands? Do you? No, like, there really isn't. Like there, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people have a thing they do, right? But you just kind of say, look, like I did every single thing I could do. Mm-hmm. And then you then you're kind of absolved of any like survivor guilt or whatever you want to call it. Right. Because you said, look, I did every possible thing I could do. And that was the outcome. Do they train you that? Do they train that? In not not as much. Do you guys talk about it in the firehouse? Uh, I mean, some of it, you know, like we kind of like we joke, right? Like yeah. we yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We laugh about it, sure, in a way that somebody on the outside would be like, "That's awful. Why no. are you like that?" So I but. work in mental health, right? We deal with schizophrenia patients, and we joke about our patients a lot, right? Like, and it's never about the no, individual. No, it's it's about the experience. A, a funny situation, yeah, an right. experience of it. Like, oh, hey, did you guys see this magazine that was on the floor or something? Like, why do they have a 1985 Sports Illustrated on their carpet? Right, highlighted with the yeah, with the you know, or something. Right, interview. like it's never like demeaning to the people no. that we're helping. It's like, hey, let's find the humor in a bad situation. Sure. We'll focus on that, and then we'll move on to the next. Does thing. the fire department? provide free mental health like they're starting to and they're getting better with it okay because um unfortunately a lot of firefighters have mental health issues um firefighter i'm gonna just go dark for a minute firefighter before we go dark then can i just make a one little story because i grew up with a police officer my stepdad is a retired la county sheriff and I didn't really know. Like you think as growing up as a kid, like cops, you don't really know. And when I was, I think, 17, I don't think I was really 18 yet. He had me go on a ride along with his best friend, Dave. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even a whole shift. I was only with him for four or five hours. And the first one was like a a false alarm burglary at this industrial area. No big deal. And the second one was uh, a dead person at, (sighs) at a house. And it was a... I think what I remember is that it was a, the father and he had taken the wrong prescription as medication Shit. and it killed him. And that will ever forever scar me. And then that way of like it, it just and I realized these guys do this every day and they yep. have to turn it off. And I had a new respect for at least my stepdad. That Hell he yeah. has to see that stuff every day. And then and then right after that, we got to do 130 on the freeway <laughs> lights and yeah. sirens. And then, we, <laughs> and, then we went, and then we went had lunch with John. And it was just like, yeah. The so, normalcy alongside the terrifying. Do you remember your first dead body when you were? Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! Do you? Really? That was my first yeah. dead body, other than like family member, like funerals. What was yours? Just it was just uh, a old guy that died. Oh, and he. But it was weird because he looked alive still. How did he die? He just probably natural causes. Oh, okay. He was just in a recliner. You so, know? and that's the crazy thing is that firefighters are actually. They're more often than not called to medical 
medical responses than fires. Like, would you say that you're called to more medical things than, oh, than fires? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. They save people who are in floods, earthquakes, terrorist attacks. They, you, have you ever been a plumber? No. Have you ever been an electrician? Like, turn someone's power off? Have you ever saved a cat? Uh, we don't really save cats. Do you say, shut up. This is like the pillow fight argument. We have naked pillow fights. Firefighters save cats. Sure, They're dog people. That, they know. They have Dalmatians. How many cat skeletons have you ever seen in a tree? None. There you go. All right. Um, do you ever have to get involved in mental health issues? All the time. Do you feel like you arrive at emergencies before the police department does? It depends. Uh, when you get there, who deals with the mental health aspect? Well, it depends on how the call comes into the system. Okay. So if it comes into the system as somebody's acting unusual, uh-huh. then, you know, more likely than not, we'll end up there first. Oh, right? you will. Yeah. Because because there's lots of reasons. Somebody okay. could have their blood sugar could be low. They sure. could be having a stroke, a seizure. right? Yeah, yeah. A seizure, something like that, right? There could be a, a completely benign reason right. for them not acting normally. If it comes in as somebody is being threatening or has a weapon or something like that, then typically police officers will show up first, make sure it's safe for us mm-hmm. because we don't have guns, no. right? And so then we will go in. And then make sure. So that- it's all dependent on how the call arrives right. into the system. Okay, so. Hold on a second. I got just thought of something. Have firefighters ever had guns? Like no. in any like country though? No. There, there may be. And there was proposals after uh, like. After large like mass nine eleven yeah. mass shootings, there was there was things calling for arming firefighters, but nobody's genuinely supporting that. Yeah, because that's not that's not the in path America. We wanna, I'm surprised. It, I it's, am you know, in some places. I'm grateful. Yeah, yeah I'm but glad. We but. don't we don't want that because that changes the dynamic. Of I understand. Yeah, 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 we are does. no longer the helpers. Right. We are now instigators. Well, in the viewpoints of people that are. In those situations, right? Now they see me and I'm like, hey, man, I'm in a T-shirt and yellow pants <laughs> with stuff to help you. Like, right. I'm a good guy, right? I'm going to save you. In their mind, I'm a good guy, right? right? We show up with a gun and a tactical vest. Yeah. That changes all of the dynamics, right? Right. right. We'll do the same outfit. Then you got you got it like John McLean style in the back <laughs> just in case. Yeah. yeah. You be guy, hey, motherfucker. No. So for the, okay, so I'm going to take it low. For the fifth year in a row... Firefighter suicides exceeded the rate of on-duty deaths by 30%. Not only are first responders, which includes paramedics, EMTs, and firefighters, more likely to die by suicide than on duty, but rates of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder among firefighters have been found as much as five times higher than that of the general population. So... Do they provide you with any mental health? Do they provide you with therapy? Do they provide you with anything that helps you? They they have access to that, and that is becoming more of a thing. So in your house, do you guys talk about shit that bothers you? We, we can. I mean, uh, where I'm at, we have, like I said, we have the dynamic of like the humor is the release sure. of it, right? Uh, but for a long time, that was seen as a weakness. Okay. Right. That was if you were if you were emotionally involved in a call, that was you you didn't do that because yeah. that was somehow less alpha, less sure. masculine, Macho. I guess, yeah. right? In a way to 
to be open to the fact that like something was bothering you emotionally. Yeah. And they're getting better at that because they're realizing, hey, we're not dying in fire. Yeah. We're not dying, uh, you know, like pulling somebody from a second story, right? Right. We're dying because we have heart attacks because we're not in shape and we're dying because people can't handle post-traumatic stress disorder. they're seeing and they're killing themselves. So do you go to therapy? No. Do you want to? I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't think therapy hurts anybody. No, right? therapy is one of my favorite things. Yeah, ever. exactly. And and so no, I I don't go because it just a pragmatic matter of like I literally don't know when I'm ever not going to be at work. Okay. And scheduling sure. that might be. Difficult, See, and that's the thing right? that I wish you know? that they would have for like firefighters is like a therapist that's like flexible enough to say, okay, well, you worked a twelve hour, sh- you know, a twelve hour shift, or I got it. Have them live with them. Oh, that would be kind of cool. Uh, you don't want somebody psychoanalyzing you all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> what if it's like uh, they can do fire stuff on the side? <laughs> like a therapist firefighter? I don't know how it works. I was just trying to help. No, no, that's a great idea, actually. Because it would make sense to like have someone who can work with a firefighter's schedule, right? Because that's so... You get called in... We didn't even know when we were going to be able to do this podcast. Because he was like, I work sometimes. They just call me and say, hey, you got to come in. Thank goodness it's not wildfire season. Because um, then I can't even... He won't even text back. Like, it's just... No, I'm just kidding. He always yeah. texts back. You always do. You always text back. Um, do you remember your most favorite memory of being a firefighter i mean do you have like a really cool story i I mean like there was i mean we have the stories where somebody like i said was was dead on the floor and then they're alive and then you see them later at the grocery store (gasps) because you're still working that town and you're like you i never say anything either right like i never like go up to him and like hey I saved your life. <laughs> but you see a person and they're doing something dumb, like buying a can of beans. Yeah. And you're like, dude, they're doing that thing because we were there to do our thing. They're right? making chili for their wife. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, saved or like life. there was a guy that was in a building that we pulled out, you know, like because some like we call them poles or rescues. Mm-hmm. They, they don't happen often. But when they do, it's really cool. Right. Yeah. And the guy ended up not surviving because of other things, but his family got to see him while he was still alive. You oh, know? that's and like, cool. They got like a tiny bit of like closure yeah. to it before that happens. So, I mean, there's that kind of stuff. Do you remember the first time you went into a fire? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, I mean, it was, again, like it. it's kind of unremarkable, but it was funny in the fact that, so it was a, a double wide trailer and it was lots of fire. Oh. <laughs> And we had just gotten out of the, out accurate, of the tower. Lots, lots of, fire. of fire. Well, because a lot of times it's a little bit of fire. Okay. Somebody's room is on fire. Okay. Uh, an outlet started their pile of clothes. Okay. Right? And there's a lot of smoke, but if you it's know, not a lot of like, flames. You're fine. You're fine. It was a good amount. Right? You should have used a fire extinguisher. Yeah. We're good. But in in the in the tower, they tell you, you know, like stay low, right? So you because the smoke hasn't gotten to the floor, you can see it's not as hot because the heat isn't building up on the ceilings. So you always in the towers you go in on your hands and knees and you crawl right and you practice pulling the hose around while you're on your hands and knees so we get there and i'm there and uh my partner on that that day um how scared were you 
it was more of a nervous. Like, okay. I, it was like, more of a, like, I, gonna, I don't want to fuck this up. Am I going to do this right? Yeah, I don't want to, like, have my helmet on backwards or something <laughs> dumb, right? I wasn't scared to go into the burning building. I was scared of looking like a dumbass because, like, I didn't put my gloves on or something, right? <laughs> okay. And so so we go in, and uh, and I'm on my hands and knees, like this, crawling, right? And the guy behind me who'd been on for a couple of years like, what are you what doing? What are you doing? Like, like, stand up. And I was like... <laughs> Wait, no, that's not how we do this. We have to get on the floor. Stand up. And I stood up and I'm like, oh, this is totally fine, right? (laughs) So I kind of felt like a dumbass. (laughs) But I mean, you know, it went out. Sure. You know, it was not a lot you can do when a total loss for the trailer. I mean, catches on fire. Those things are matchbooks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it was just it but it was it was a learning experience of like, oh, okay, like I can go in here and be safe and I don't have to crawl on my hands because it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the most intense fire you ever went into. Uh, I mean, that that's another thing where if it's crazy intense and really unsafe, we don't go into it. Really? Yeah. Oh, so Hollywood lies. All, all the time. Anything you've ever seen in Hollywood no. about anything medical, hospitals or ambulances or You're firefighters or buildings. This fucker's done for. Because you have a you Can have you give a us something that has gotten close that you're like, oh, that's not bad. Is there just no, like, yeah, nothing, like a close call. Uh, but because, again, like the the reality of it yeah. isn't as dramatic as cool. it. Yeah. And it's funny. There's there's a guy on Instagram who green screens himself into TV shows about firefighters <laughs> and he makes fun of it. And it's spot on. It's perfect. Um, but oh, no, God. it's uh, there. There's a risk versus reward. And they're not going to risk you guys. And yeah. And and if it's if it's totally where there's nobody inside could sur- survive what's going on. Sure. We're not going to risk a bunch of people to. Pull out dead Save bodies. somebody who's not going to survive sure. anyway, right? And so there's that balance that you figure out the second you arrive. Right. Is this something that we can go into wow. safely? Who makes that choice? The the person who's in charge, whether it's a captain, whether it's a battalion chief. Okay. Uh, and then we're all trained to analyze the situation to a certain extent and make that decision as well. Wow. You know, if something, if there's a house that has fire out of every single window <sighs> and everything is just, you you're can't not even going get in near to it, find survivors. Because, no, because they, they literally can't survive. No one has right? survived. Yeah. Right. Now, if it's a fire that's on one corner of a house, that nothing, there's no smoke, there's nothing on the other parts of it, that's a tenable situation. People can be alive in those other rooms mm-hmm. and we're absolutely going in to save them. Right. right. Now, on that fatal fire that we had, there was a family member outside in the street saying, my dad's still inside. My dad's still inside. Ugh. And at that point, we're going in, right? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because we have a known rescue. Oh, shit. And we will risk our life. Because? Because we know somebody's inside there, right? Yeah. And that resulted in injuring two of our <gasps> firefighters in, in that in that situation. And the person ended up not surviving. Oh, my God. But that's one of those, like, if you have somebody that you, they're like my ex-family member, whoever, sure. is in this house still, you're damn you're right going. going in, right? Right. You show up and nobody's there, nothing's going on, and the house is completely involved in fire, yeah. that's not something we're going to pursue until we get more information. Hey, this is happening. We know this person's inside, this, this, or this. And then it changes. Do you go home and talk to Snow White about 
none of it. I mean, we'll say cool things like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'll text her an emoji of a fire, you know, <laughs> and like let her know, like, hey, we had a fire. I'm OK. Right. Oh, Cause if she I remember one time it. my mom and my stepdad were on the phone and she was at work and he was on and she's, she's like, what's that sound in the background? It was this loud sign. Oh, there's just this train's about to hit a semi that's stuck on the tracks. She's like, do you need to go? She's like, <laughs> he's like, no, we're just waiting for it to hit it. Yeah, it's about to go. And there it is. All right. Kevin, husband Kevin Weller, his dad was a cop and he got shot in the shoulder and he came home from work one day and was and Jennifer was like, why are you so late? And he's like, I was at the hospital. I got shot. Yeah. (laughs) But like it was a non life threatening injury. So like why scare her? So he just came home with my stepdad never got shot. But my non step or my non police dad, uh, real dad got shot. Did he really? Yeah, in a 7-Eleven robbery. He got oh, shot in the arm. What a dork. Yeah, it's funny. Um, okay, so here's some differences between... Okay, so is the debate between firefighters and police real? Yeah. It's it, a rivalry. It's it's friendly Absolutely. for the most part. Mm. Is it? Well, I mean, we always say that they're jealous. I would know. imagine so. Because oh, they are. the things that I found make firefighters seem like gods and them seem like mortals, right? Um, nobody drives by firefighters and flips them off. Not true. What? We've been flipped off. Before. That's a lie. It is true. No way. Yeah. It's about like kids. No, it's uh, people that weren't necessarily happy with like what they thought we should be doing. It's mostly people that are disgruntled from like a medical aid. Oh. Where they thought this was a life threatening thing and we tell them that it's not. And they're not they're not happy about that. Interesting, but no, not nearly the amount. No, of that. fire. This one pissed me off. Firefighters get pl- get paid to sleep. Yeah, no shit. You're there for five fucking days. What do you want them to stay awake and then try to save your ass from a fire? No shit. You get paid to sleep. Yeah. Like you're not really sleeping either. You're like on high alert the whole time you're there. Um, cops will never be able to cook the way firefighters do. That is accurate. That is fucking accurate. Who cooks the best? Do you have a, a somebody that you go to? Is there like a, a go-to chef or do you guys change No, nights? we're all pretty good on my shift. There are some guys that are like renowned like throughout the department. <laughs> do you guys have like, like contests? Being... No, not like no? that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's no chili contest? I really yeah. thought there was a yeah, chili no, contest. Totally chili cook-off. Sorry. Oh. I'm Again, the magic. thank you for ruining the yeah. magic. I appreciate that. Firefighters are hotter than cops. Agreed. Yeah. Hands down. Well, cops don't have suspenders, and that's a thing. That's a total Low thing. Low-key sexy suspenders. Low-key. Yeah. Uh, most firefighters... Well, here, say on that, though. This is the thing. My mom is married to a cop. And loves firemen. Loves firemen. Like, it's like it's a fireman bathroom. Totally, I should, I should send you a photo. Total when lady boner uh, uh, when firemen come. Yeah. She had a firefighter birthday party once. Oh, poor, poor, poor John. Poor John. Most firefighters would run, run away from gunfires and thinks that think that cops are crazy to run towards it and most cops would run away from a burning building and thinks firefighters are crazy for running into it. Uh, Not true. Okay, continue, yeah. please. Well, so, I mean, we've had lots of cops go into buildings oh. if, if there's somebody that's in there, right? And sure. they think they can do it, for sure. And we've had lots of firefighters run into active shooting scenes. Jesus Christ. Because we gotta help people, right? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Okay, there. so we talked about guns. What about, like, Bulletproof vest. We have that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, That's we're all we're all assigned really? a, a bulletproof vest and a tactical helmet. But you don't wear it at every call. Not every call. No. Okay. Okay. Only no. when you know that oh. there's a need yeah. to wear it. Good to know. Wow, that is actually really good to know. Um, firefighters live longer than cops. That's actually true. I looked it up. Um, and so there was uh, cops have a one in four thousand and 
644 chance of dying on duty, while firefighters have a 1 in 11,000 chance of dying on duty. So cops, uh, uh, firefighters live longer than police officers. But firefighters make less than police officers. That is true. That is accurate. The firefighter salary in 2019 showed an average police officer, or excuse me, in 2019, the average police officer wage was $70,000, most ranged between $36,000 and $105,000. The average firefighter's salary was between $25,000 and $90,000. Accurate? Yeah. I mean, there's, there is differences, though, that I don't know that study. A lot of uh, rural areas, especially in the Midwest and the South, are volunteer. Yeah. So maybe that artificially lowers it or their paid call where they only get paid if they respond to a call? Only 63% of firefighters in the United States are uh, on a, like a salary. The rest of them are volunteer yeah, firefighters. How fucking crazy God is bless that? Them. Right? Yeah. Well, God bless you guys too, but... I mean, no, like, yeah, they're, the volunteer they're doing it fire, for free, for essentially. Free, yeah. Basically, the people in Paradise, like a lot of the firefighters that went to the Paradise Fire in California were volunteer firefighters. Yeah. That sucked. Now, that's an unfortunate side because... Volunteer firefighters aren't supported the same way that professional Absolutely firefighters not. are. Their training isn't the same. Their equipment's not the same. Their expectations aren't the same. So, talk to me a little bit about. And I wasn't even going to get going to get into this, but criminals who I are was just going to ask that volunteer. Thank you. Who are who are in prison and they get to do the prison firefighter camp mm-hmm. and they get to fight fires and get time taken off their sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are upset, and I personally voted to have them have their records expunged so they could become firemen. Because if you have a felony on your record, you cannot become a firefighter, even if it's a nonviolent crime. Yet you can volu- you can be volunteer while you're in prison to fight fires, and then when you get out of prison, you do not have that option. What is your opinion on this? Well... How deep do we want to go into this? I mean, go like three feet deep. Three feet deep. Well, so um, from experience, I love when the MA crews show up because they're given tasks that are arduous, that are mundane, Mm. and that nobody else wants to do. Like cutting down bushes? They'll cut bushes. (laughs) We call it scratching a line. So they'll make a fire break with hand tools to stop the spread of the fire. When the fire's done, they'll roll up the hoses. Right. Okay. Which, when it doesn't sound like a big deal, but on a major incident, like a major catastrophic wildfire, you're putting hundreds of thousands of feet of hose on the ground. And they'll come in and clean it up, right? And nobody wants to do that. It's hard enough to hike up the hill, right? You don't want to hike down it. It's like doing the dishes after a top chef kitchen extravaganza. It's PA work. Nobody wants to do it. It is. It is totally PA work, for sure. It's a job nobody else really wants to do, right? Now, so I I appreciate them, right? And I've always treated them with respect. Sure. I will say thank you for doing this because I sure don't want to. I'm exhausted from fighting this fire. You roll up my hose and it shows up at my station later cleaned and ready to go. You're cool. However, it's slave labor. Right. And they again, don't get this is where we get how deep paid. we get into it, right? They get paid their dollar a day or whatever it is. They're doing a service for the community, right? And however you feel like you can put a price tag on that, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's slave labor. Do you think, did you vote yeah. on that? I'm, I'm for it as long as, because I'm of the person where if you commit a crime and you go to jail, 
and you do your time, you've paid your debt Correct. to society, Agreed. right? And as long as you're not continuing down that same path of committing those same crimes, your debt has been paid. Right. Right. Now, would you work alongside a felon who volunteered while he was in prison and then wanted to become a firefighter and went through the fire academy and did everything you did and paid his debt to society? Would you work next to him and feel comfortable? Yeah. Now, it, was it a felon that got a weed charge? Was yeah. it a felon that got non a DUI? Not fraudulent yeah. checks, petty theft, robbery. Is, does anybody honestly, and maybe some of the listeners are different, any one of us could have had a felony Fuck DUI yeah. in our life. Absolutely. Right? Every one of us was well over the felonious level sure. of driving intoxicated. Correct. Right? Or had weed on us. At Absolutely. Some, right? You and Before I both, was, hi, we could have had a yeah. fucking weed possession So that charge. part of it, hi. Dude, no hi. issues whatsoever, right? <laughs> now, if you get into violent crime- No, or no, no, that, no, no, no. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Absolutely not. But no, if you've, if you've done your job and you paid your debt yep. and you have altered your life- to avoid getting yourself into those same circumstances, mm -hmm. dude, no problem. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Now, sometimes people slide through the cracks. Yeah, and you have people that are continuing to be drug dealers or whatever. But see, when you say slide it. through the cracks, you know people in your department who aren't the nicest people, right? Like I know felons, I work with felons and they are some of the kindest and nicest people and they really just want the best for society. There is a firehouse culture that is really unspoken. I did so I did 2 hours of research last night to try to find this firehouse culture of sexism, racism, um politicism. I couldn't find it. The only thing I found was that Firefighters are 67% Democrat, Democrats and 32% Republicans, where police officers are 31% Democrat and 68% Republicans. Now, let me go ahead and put this in perspective for you. A physician, it's 50-50. A roofing contractor is 12% Democrat and 87% Republican, which I found odd. And the highest- no, That makes total sense. What are you talking about? I didn't the, think the so. The roofer? Yeah. yeah. Really? All right. Oh, yeah. Mental health workers, psychologists, and scientists average about 90% Democrat and 9% yeah. uh, clearly sense. high. So, but you have this, you have this firefighter culture that you've talked about to me personally. And the, one of the reasons you came on was to talk about this. I couldn't find anything on it. So you're saying like, if these people are willing to change and become these better versions of themselves, what about the people who are in the fire department who are already assholes? Like talk about that. Talk about these, this culture of like sexism and like this horrible, I don't know, like not everybody's a dick, but like there are definitely no. some pieces to being a firefighter that may not be as glamorous as other people realize. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of that is history speaking today. Okay. Right. Um, firefighter until recently and really 9-11. Yeah. Right. Sure. Before 9-11, a firefighter was like an admirable job, but it was a blue collar, low paid, like, this is what you did when you weren't going to be a cop or a plumber or something like that, right? Or a family job, like or, your dad was yeah, and your or grandpa. Family job, right? Yeah. So for a lot of the history of firefighting, it was not the what it is today. Right. Right. Um, and so when you get that, that that subset of people into it, a lot of those just sort of rough, blue-collar, 
you know, dirty hands kind of people, they trend towards conservatism. Sure. Right. And that's that's. And that's just, just how they how, go. How yeah, exactly. Yeah. And anyone where that's like that, right? And and in that, they value the hard work that we do, and then say, "Look, I earned my paycheck, right? Because I went on this many fires, I did this many rescues, I did this, right? And you, you earned that, right? And then when, when people are talking about things like minimum wage, right? Uh, Raising the minimum wage. Uh, they're they're looked at as like, well, you don't do the work that I do. Sure, I do hard work. You do easy work, and I don't want that pay difference to become too narrow. To become so close, right? But rather than saying I should be getting paid more for what I <laughs> exactly. do, it's you shouldn't be getting paid as much as you want. Honestly, fire firemen, I. Fired fighters, excuse me, I don't understand how they're not paid more. Like the risk that they take and the things, the varied things that they do. Yeah. It blows my mind that for someone to make six figures as a firefighter, they have to be a battalion chief for like 30 years. Like yeah. you're not making you're 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 making a teacher's salary, a college professor's salary. Right. But you're saving lives every Day. Yeah, and that again, that's that's history not catching up yet. Right. Right. And we are getting paid more and we are working and there's places that get paid a lot. Don't sure. get me wrong. There's some You want to work in Huntington Beach because they get paid a ton a of money, right? Amount of but money. if you but that's what I mean. Like if you look at what we're expecting. So I'm expected when I show up at work at eight AM, if you call me because hashtag Kevin Weller is <laughs> in cardiac arrest, <laughs> I'm expected God to forbid. know God forbid. Cardi- forbid, right? But I'm expected to know all about cardiology to figure yeah. out what rhythm he's in. Sure. I'm expected to know all about pharmacology to know what medication to give and why. I'm expected to know uh, area hospitals, where their specialties are, what I'm supposed to do for that, right? Now, you don't call. Robert calls. And Robert says, oh, I just got in a car accident on the freeway. My wife and kid are trapped in the back, right? Yeah. I'm expected to understand how to operate all the equipment to extricate you from the car. I'm expected to understand the uh, intricacies of your car. He's driving a Tesla. I know, hey, Tesla has boron rods through the A and C column of this car. I can't cut through that with my normal tools. I need to extricate him out of a different way, right? Jaws of life. Yeah, nobody calls them that though. I yeah, love Hollywood that. Thing. God damn it! Yeah. So, but uh, again, ruining the magic, right? What's it called? So, well, there's cutters and spreaders. That's phrasing, yeah. right? And you can guess which one here is which, right? Then, um, let's say, okay, then Robert isn't the one that calls. Uh, somebody else calls, and they say my house is on fire. Right? Okay. Well, now I show up to that fire. I'm expected to know building construction, so I'm expected to know, hey, does your house have a basement? Because it's a pre-1920s construction. Does it have balloon frames so that I know that the fire is going to spread up into the roof in the attic? Oh my God. What sort of utilities does it have so I can shut those off to be safe? How am I going to fight this fire accurately? So we're expected to know all this stuff at any given point at the drop of a hat. But then there's so many people that are being paid volunteer wages or less than minimum wage for it, right? Yeah. And so... What it's, kind of tree is your cat in? Is it an oak tree? Right. Is, is it, it a willow tree? What kind of cat is it? stable enough? Is it a tabby cat? Right. Is it a hairless cat? Like, yeah, is it should scared? I use an extension ladder to get to it or right. a straight ladder? Does it like wet food? Does it like dry food? Right. 
all this kind of stuff. And so, but again, that's, that's why I'm saying that rather than advocating for an increase commensurate to what we're, our expectations are, a lot of people say, well, you don't do the same thing I do. So you shouldn't make a living wage. You shouldn't do this. And it, our, our focus is wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. And if we advocated for that. If we advocate to pay people for, for the jobs that they do, you guys sure. should be paid to be physicians, plumbers, electricians, um, car mechanics, uh, construction workers, building inspectors, uh, nurses, doctors. Like, have you ever stuck your hand in the cavity of a human being? Yeah. Okay. This is ridiculous. Like, have you ever seen the inside of someone's body? Oh, all the have time. you ever seen somebody's brain? Yes. This is fucking insanity. Like, how is this possible? Did any of those yeah. people live? Well, usually, if you're putting your hand inside somebody, not typically. <laughs> uh, but no, we. I mean, you know, you pack wounds for gunshot wounds sure. or for large, like yeah, puncture, stab wounds, yeah. things like that. Um, you've seen people commit suicide that have, you know, brains, brain avulsion and or stuff like motorcycles. That. Could you just motorcycles? Can we just tell people not to drive motorcycles? If you ride a motorcycle, it's not if you're going to crash; it's when, when. you're going to crash. Yeah. yeah, and that's just not safe. And wear a helmet. Also, I saw one the other day on the freeway. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, also, I, I let it was three of them. I don't think they were associated with, with each other because one was like a fast one, one was like a Harley, and one was like something different. But they were all following each other, and I let them over. And one of them waved, and then like five cars up, something happened. No, and, and I don't remember which one it was. I was just like, oh, bud. So they weren't going that. But fast you also either. bring people back from opiate. OD. Like, oh yeah, like there our was one overdose or opioid overdoses all the time. Like, there was one week that you told us you brought like six people back mm-hmm. from, and then one of them was someone you had brought back the week before. Yeah, he fell down a hill. They, they do all kinds of stuff <laughs> when you're high. We've you're, all yeah, who knows? We've all been there. <laughs> who knows? Um, they say that police work is more dangerous than firefighter. What do you think? Well, people aren't typically actively trying to kill us. Oh. So I would say in, it depends on the area. In that yeah. instance, depends on the area. absolutely. Okay. Right? Yeah, it depends on the area. Sure. You know. How many, I'm going to give you a quiz. How many firefighters per year are arrested for starting fires? Oh, there's a decent amount. All right. Um, yeah, because, again, lots goes into everything, right? Yeah. Some of them are doing it for money. Because they only get paid when they're oh, on a call Jesus. fighting a fire. Some of them are doing it because they're <gasps> closeted arsonists who get into it because they love to watch things burn. And some people are doing it for the hero stigma. Oh, God. They start the fire. They put the fire out. They're the hero. They are the hero. Yeah. And there's a, a lot cal- of like- And then they get put on a calendar shirtless and suspenders. Yeah. There's a lot of psychology that Are you on a calendar, B? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Unless they have a dad bod calendar. <laughs> Yeah, I'd still buy it. <laughs> I, I, I would, would too. I would buy it. It's real. I would buy it because I love you. It's for charity. It's for charity. It's for charity. Our ideas of, of sexuality. Let's get let's get rid of that. Uh, how many hours of training do you need before you are legally allowed to enter a burning building? This is a quiz. I mean, I would think you'd need a basic fire academy. It says a hundred. I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't from. either. Yeah. How long do you have to get dressed? When you hear an alarm go off and it's time to fucking go, like how long do you have to get your fucking gear and get in the car? 
Well, I mean, in the, in the Academy. Yeah, an engine. The, engine, goddammit. Well, there's difference. There's a truck and an Son engine. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, in the Academy, you do turnout drills where you have 60 seconds oh. to go from nothing to everything. Ooh. Um, but Wait, that's, like straight up naked to everything? Well, like in your normal oh, work okay. uniform, okay, okay. into your, all your gear all and right. stuff like that. Do you know who the first female firefighter was? Negative. Her name was Molly Williams. She was the first recorded woman to serve as a firefighter in an unofficial capacity in the New York City Fire Department in 1815. She was also the first African-American firefighter as well. Um, so that takes me back to my statistic of the day, which is what percentage of females make up the United States Fire Department. And remember I said that this doesn't account for volunteer firefighters. This is the individuals who are employed by the fire department in any given state, in any given county. You said eight. Yeah. And I believe Robert said 20. Yeah. It's four. Wow. Yeah. It's 4%. You yeah. were absolutely spot on in your, um, you know, single digit numbers. You said you had a female fire captain, though. Mm-hmm. Did you feel at any point that she was not respected by other people that you worked with? Yeah. Okay. Because um, 70% of female firefighters say that they feel they did not get the respect they deserved or the respect that um, their other fellow male firefighters deserved. 53% said that they had unwanted sexual uh, uh, like advancement, sexual assault on them while they were in the fire department, and 44% said that their superiors did not listen to their calls um, for like equal treatment or hey, this is happening and this is going on. Do you feel like the fire department is a super overly masculine, like really uh, way behind the times? Because like I feel like I see a lot more police women than fire women. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of complexity to that. It's history coming still to today, right? Where where women literally were not allowed, mm-hmm. right? Like you couldn't even, don't even bother applying because you're not allowed, right? So this woman, Jamie McGillan, wrote a book about Seattle, the great fire in Seattle in the 1800s. And her main character wanted to go and dump buckets of water on this fire. And four different men took her home. To make her stop. Like, you can't fight this fire. You're a lady. Like, you can't. And she's like, I just want to help myself. I just want to put the fire out. Like, that's all I want to do. And so you're right. Like, history just comes back. Women can't put out fires. It's too dangerous. Right. It's it's a man's job. Right. Yeah, and and that goes to all kinds of, of social constructs of what genders are supposed to be able to do, right? And and men are supposed to be able to be the hunters and the gatherers and the sure. bears. And women are supposed to be able to nurse the families and be the caregivers, have children. Right? And and never the twain shall meet, right? <laughs> and and which is dumb, right? Yeah. And it's it's hell like imagine where our society would be if that bullshit was gone when we were still in caves, right? Yeah. 
oh, hey, lady, you're strong as shit. Why don't you come home with us? <laughs> right. Hey, guy, you're super good with these kids. Why don't, Why don't you, you watch, watch these kids for while a while? this lady caveman comes and hunts And for us, some right? reason, you're really into the other caveman, but we're not going to ask questions. We're but not going to talk about yeah. it. But just but imagine, sure. like, like culture and society now, if we could have dealt with that shit yeah. a thousand years ago, right? And again, there obviously there's differences in genders as far as musculature or skeleture sure. in t- to some extent absolutely for sure but i've known badass women firefighters yeah. who will run circles around any i'll put money on them any day of the week right. right and i know a bunch of fat fuck firemen that are men that can barely get up into the engine yeah right so that that is a uh a, a minuscule it's not a good argument it's basically right? like it's not a good argument. But the thing that 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 sucks is that when female firefighters come in, they come in bearing the weight of their entire gender. God. So any any failure physically from a female in somebody's mind that happened to them 20 years ago, they're carrying that and they're expecting that of them, right? So if a if a female firefighter has a difficult time throwing a ladder and they're heavy, right? 70 pounds, like a minimum, right? Up towards of 130, 140 Jesus pounds. Christ. If she has difficulty doing that, it's because she's a woman. Right. If a man has difficulty doing that, it's, it's the because he's weak. It's oh. an individual versus a gender. Oh. Right? He is weak. He needs to work out more. But if she can't do it, it's because women can't do it. Wow. That's what you see a lot of, right? Wow. And and it's changing. It's getting better, right? How it's, many women are in the the county? A, a handful. You, five. A handful. And so but how that, many firefighters are in that? Oh, hundreds. Okay. Yeah. And so but that's that's what they they come into it already. 20 yards behind the starting line. But that's got to fuck them up mentally way more. Like, oh, yeah. Because they are already prepared for the negative throw. I mean, like, yeah. could you imagine going... So, okay, so I'm going to throw this back to the beginning. I hung out with Bunky and four other dudes in a house, and it was, like, normal, and it was fine. But, like, Bunky would walk on the side of the street that the cars were on, and... I got to sleep in the bed and beers were opened for me. And like, imagine being a female firefighter in a, a, a house of all dudes. You guys are there for four days, five days. Like, do they expect the woman to cook all the food? Do like they expect the woman to clean all the shit? No, no. That That is one thing that it's very good at. It's it's your rank and and nobody gives a shit. Your gender-wise, when it comes to that rank, okay. right? So the the probies, male or female, is expected to be the one that cleans the toilet okay. and expected to be the one that mops, right? So Hollywood got that right. Yeah, that part that part's <laughs> okay. correct, right? Nobody gives a shit. Right. When you're a probie, you're gonna do all the shit stuff, okay. right, or whatever that is. Sure. But there's there's a harsher judgment, and I remember years ago there was a leaked thing where somebody videotaped. I think it was L.A. County fire. Um, where some of the female recruits were having difficulty throwing ladders. And it became this big thing because they were like, look, they can't do the job. They can't do the job, right? But nobody ever leaked male firefighters not being able to throw ladders. Sure. So there was no data to support that women were doing it less often right. than Right. It men. became a thing. And, and, and if you can't do the job, you shouldn't. 
right? Sure. Absolutely. No. But that applies to the guy that has 15 years on that's a giant lazy turd who can't I you can't pull me out. I'm 6'4 230 <laughs> nude, right? I'm I'm pushing 300 pounds with all my gear on. Yeah. You can't pull me out of this fire. You shouldn't do the job yeah. either, right? Right. And so we're we're moving away from that focus on gender Good. and more towards the focus on can you do this job? So do you can feel you the like the firefighter culture of sexism and even racism? Because there's, I, I got to say, there's not a lot of like. And that's systemic. That was built in too. Yeah. There, there were times when it was like, oh, you're African-American? Don't apply. No. And then there were times where you couldn't get into the fire academy because there were too many white people and not enough Hispanic people. Yeah, in a sense, I I I don't get mad about that. Though. Me neither. But it's I like, but, but it's the it, same thing. Like, do the job correct. Whoever does the job correctly should get the job. True. Now, if you want to look at the steps of getting that job and oh, yeah, how yeah, biased yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. is towards yeah. groups yeah. Yeah. that are have better education, that have better equality and stuff like that, you can look at that too, right? Yeah, you're right. So I'm not always just the whoever does best on the test. No, you're get right. It. But no, it's it's moving forward and Good. it's progressing. And the more people, and I think we need more of that female influence because that will help dissolve some of the toxic masculinity yeah. that exists. Because you need a certain amount of it, right? Yeah. You need to be like, look, dude, you need to go work out more. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of an inherently masculine feeling sure. without trying to like be that. No, no, it is. Like you need to be strong. You right. need to do this job. You need to be um, smart in everything like you're you said, doing, right? You're 12 feet tall and 700 pounds. So if, yeah. if someone can't pull you out of a burning right. building, I need they you to be able to pull job. me out so I can go home to my family at the end of that exactly. night, right? So there's a certain masculinity that will never leave this because it's woven into the job, right? right? Now, whether we act on that masculinity in a positive way, that builds everybody up or whether we keep acting on it in a toxic way right. that limits this. Would you ever want your daughter to become a firefighter? I wouldn't want to because it's not worth it. In the unless you have it in your heart mm-hmm. that I'm going to help this total degenerate uh he's a known pedophile He is the worst person in the world, but he's in cardiac arrest and I'm going to try to save his life, right? Or unless you have that, like, look, this building's about to collapse, but there's somebody inside and I'm ready to to die to try to save them. If you don't have it, tell her, be a nurse, be a doctor. What if she told you she wanted to be a firefighter? Then I would support her. Okay. 100%. And I would just let her know, hey, look. You're going to die of a heart attack at 65. Right. You're going to get lung cancer or some But what other if I cancer. said that to you? You're going to get this. Right, but- You're like my best friend. What if I said to you, B, you're going to die of a heart attack at 65. Like, right. you don't- Like, it's so, I still want to do this job. Yeah, but yeah. what if I had the same things with film? Like, I was going to get a heart attack at 55 or doing film. Would you still make- Yes, I would yell at you. <laughs> yeah, but it's our thing. But it, when it's- Yeah, when it's your thing. And that's what I mean. Our, if if, it, if this isn't your thing- this yeah. job sucks, right? Because <laughs> you, sucks. you're gone. Yeah, you're gone at all. I know hours. I'm not saying lives, but you're, I've seen some comparisons. No, no, a little there, bit. and there is, and this goes with with lots of jobs, right? Yeah. If it's if being a trash man 
isn't your thing, that job sucks, right? Yeah. But if you look at it as like, look, I'm vital to society because if trash men stop working, oh my god, everything falls apart. No, yeah, right? God bless no, them. God bless trash men. Yeah, hey, unofficial exactly. sponsor, trash men. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. So it, yeah, and and so like, I would never tell somebody to do it for the money. I would never tell somebody to do it for being popular. When I see dudes out wearing a, a fire shirt at the bar and Ugh. puffing their chest out and using it to get girls, I'm like, that dude's a shitbag. Yeah. Right. And and he's only in it because he wants the status. Of okay. It. So I have to ask you a question because every time I see firemen, whether I'm driving. Or in the grocery store or like out and about. I wave at them and they always wave back. Policemen don't ever wave back, but firefighters always wave back. Is that annoying to you guys when no. we wave at you? No, because I love it because I, I'm i there to serve you, right? I'm I'm your servant in that way, right? right. Is that like, almost better than a paycheck? A little bit? Ah, well, I mean, a wave doesn't put food on the table. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. but, gratification no, but, but it's, it's part nice, of it. right? <laughs> But again, but, nice but tip. that's the difference in our two jobs because we're the helpers. Yeah. They're the punishers, right? Right. And 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 when when you wave at a cop, they're immediately thinking you're being sarcastic. Yeah. You're being a dick. You're like, oh hey cop. You know yeah. what I mean, right? Whereas when you wave at us, you're like, hey dude, like thank you. Thank you, right? I wave at, at firemen all yeah. the time. I don't wave because I think it's a girl thing. I'm like I'm a, I'm totally a big girl a man. Girl I'm thing. a little boy for sure. But uh, oh, I'll, I I'll always go time. like good luck, boys. Like in my car, like I always wish them luck. So no good. Yeah. So you send them good vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to finish, we're gonna talk about firefighters and, and love. And my dad also taught me. It's just my what? dad is whatever. He did teach, teach me like not in your car, but if you're walking around like the mall or a big event and you like an angel game and you yeah. see some. Somebody walk. You go go up to him and go. Hey, thanks for your service. I do. Thank you, I say thank for your. Go do it. Same right? with the military. Do you but like, like that stuff, Funky? Yeah, same I mean, kind of thing. Right. It's always nice to be acknowledged yeah. for what you do. We don't yeah. ever expect. Be creepy it. about sure. it. Sure. You know. And I would never be like, "Why did you say thank?" And that's <laughs> that goes into all the thing. Like, I we had a big fight with uh, anybody who's a server, a waitress, they, server. Oh, you could be a, a well, no, but like, but do you yeah. mean like a server, like, like in a, at a yeah, restaurant? Yeah, yeah, at a restaurant, okay. right? And they talk about tips and not getting good tips. And I'm like, I've never once gotten a tip. <gasps> yeah. Never once? No. But the, but that's but that that's what I mean. So it's nice to be acknowledged in that, yeah. but you never expect it, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, Have you ever had someone come back to the firehouse and like bring you a cake? Yeah. Like- and please don't do that. Oh. Because. We don't know you, and we don't know if you're disgruntled about something else. And if you're in a nice area, right, and and you know your community and stuff like that, and you bring them a pie at Thanksgiving, that's totally fine, right? They're going to be like, oh, cool, we got a pie. This is rad, right? But some places, we don't. We don't know that you have good intentions with that, right? Sure. And we don't know. And a lot of times we say thank you, we shake your hand, and we take a picture, and then we throw it right in the trash because yeah. we just don't know. Yeah. So well, what's what's something yeah. that we could give firefighters that you do literally just a wave? Literally, yeah. like you don't want like a plant or like no, because that's some one more thing to take care of. Okay. That's one more thing for somebody to not water while I'm on my A day and then it's dead. What about like a Vaughn's gift card? No, because we don't like we we make good money. You know, we can pay for our things. Right. And so it would be better if you did something good in the community. Yeah. That helped limit what we have to do in the community. Oh, right? Okay. See how he turned that around. He turned it on us. Ashley. He did. See I know that? he made us the responsible ones. God right. No, but I mean, but, no, but seriously, no, like, if you took, if you took the food that you were going to give us, right. Cause and gave it to tell a you homeless what, person and gave it to a shelter or did something like that where somebody ate and felt better and then didn't call us at 3am because they felt bad. Yeah. That would help me out because now I can sleep 
for three or four hours in a row <laughs> and accurate. not have to do that, right. right? I like it. I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, firefighters in love. A lot of people, because of Hollywood, actually, believe that firefighters have a very high divorce rate, and they do not, actually. Um, the prevalence of divorce among firefighters is similar to the general population, uh, which is thirty about 32%. A lot of people think it's 50%. It's not 50%. It's 32%. Um, the prevalence of, desort, of divorce was substantially higher among female firefighters at 40%. So if you are a female firefighter, you do have a higher chance of getting divorced from your male partner, which I could completely understand because it's gonna, it's got to be difficult. Like what if your wife is a firefighter and saving lives and you're like, a Starbucks barista. I mean, there's got to be some ego involved in that. No, I was is it that, the or is it the assumption they're doing something at the fire station? Like she's around. If your wife is around, dudes. oh, is that what you think? Well, th- that's what I would think. Like, if your wife is spending days at a time with other dudes, with a bunch of other dudes who, again, thanks to Hollywood, we and, all have. And you're a different example. You have you have a perfect example in front of you, a male friend. You you don't. This think is what that we way. talked about at the beginning. Yeah. My male friends, I don't think that way. Kevin, luckily, husband Kevin Weller has zero jealousy he doesn't give a fuck who i am friends with and thank the lord snow white loves me because if i couldn't be your friend i think i would be fucking devastated but i think you're right i actually didn't even think about it like that. yeah i think that's that's part of it you where you're like oh my wife's with 10 attractive dudes who are all alpha males yeah you know and some people wouldn't be able to handle that you're right you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. We're going to, um, oh my God, I have lost, I have lost the What's Your Position podcast document on uh, the the game, the 69 game. You lost all the questions? No, I just don't know where it is. How do I find that? Isn't that kind of the definition of lost? Quiet. It's not lost. I just don't know where it's at. It's not lost. I just don't know where it That's is. That's one show I'd love to work on. Damn. What, lost? What else did you work on? Uh, she looks that up. Anything else? Uh, I did you didn't do stuff. it for very long, right? Uh, a couple years. A couple years? Yeah. Okay. So I did a lot of pilots with the studio because like pilot season was our big thing. So pilots that never got picked up. Um, did a little like stuff uh, like day work with like Modern Family. What? Um, really? Yeah. Because <gasps> that's I'm trying to get into that more. Like the... It's just a little bit more security as a PA, like yeah. knowing that like a, a, a show that's set up for three months of maybe possible shooting. God, that's awesome. It sounds like paradise to me. The biggest show I've yeah. done is three weeks. That's it. That's the longest. Route. Right. So, yeah. And it, it's a different. Oh, no, I did a movie I mean, that being was on a, a studio longer. side versus a freelance side. Yeah. There's that built in security, you know, yeah. um, the the pay differential is a little bit different, you know, Um but at least you can go, you do your things, but then you come back. Yeah. So that's another potential option and things like that. How would you, okay, go, one more question. Since you had a kind of an in, you, you know, you knew somebody, someone that doesn't know, how would you, how would you uh, get some, how would you suggest someone to get into those shows? Cause I'm curious. I like, I know you got to kind of know the producer, you kind of, but is, is that the only way you can get in? You know, like it would be hard for me to speak to that because yeah. I didn't have to do that. Right. Right. What I did though is that when you when you do get that job, yeah, you you do everything you can to make yourself stand out. Do you think that that job wanted. helped you become a firefighter in some way? 
like I mean, I, I was think thinking doing the hours doing grunt helps. doing grunt work and like just saying yes to things and like just yeah, being I mean, that helps with any job G- though, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm yeah, but I'm like to your question, Robert. Like, if once you once you stand out in a way, then it becomes easier to go to that person, right? Um, and again, like I made the the thing about the Perrier water that turned me against it. But mm-hmm. if you get with a producer or a production coordinator that they're like, oh, man, I totally forgot to get the tangerine Perrier. And you say, you know what, dude? I already got it. Now, yeah. now you stand out that much, right? That much above everybody else. Yeah. And maybe the next show that production coordinator goes to they call you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And wow. but it's a crapshoot, dude. It honestly is. It's hard. Yeah. yeah but I it's know. but it's a lot of fun. What, what would you say to Okay, so we didn't get into you having a daughter cuz honestly this is like the longest podcast. I apologize ever. for that. I'm a You I have a nothing to apologize this has for. Been great. I really would love to have you come back on if you're willing yeah. to come back on and talk Absolutely. about having a daughter. Um what would you say to Okay, first of all, one question. What is your favorite thing about having female friends? I think different perspectives. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite memory with me, drunk or otherwise? Oh, favorite? Again, that's like asking about favorite band. I know. Like, let's what we break it down. What's the first one that came into, like, what's the first thing that came to your mind? I mean, just like... Like going to Disneyland yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what would you say to anyone who's about to have a daughter, like as a dad, what would you say to them? Don't be the fucking, I have a shotgun if she's not home at 10 thing. Because all that does is push her away. Yeah. All that does is prove to the guy who's taking her out that you're full of shit. Yeah. Because nobody's going to do that. And all that does is establish that I consider my daughter my property. Oh, God. And that's what it is. Like, that's so. Don't gross. be that guy because nobody's scared of the dad with a shotgun. It's not a thing. No. Right. Otherwise, there would just be homicides everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, of kids bringing home daughters at ten oh one eight p.m. Right. What would be? It makes you look like an asshole. It's not endearing. It's not charming. It's not. The teenage kid is going to be scared of the dad, regardless of him saying a shotgun. Absolutely. Like, intimidated. Right. It's the fucking dad of the girl you yeah, like. Yeah, right? If you're not intimidated, then you're a douchebag. Then you're or, an idiot. Or she's going out with the douchebag who doesn't care anyway. Either right. way, it accomplishes yeah. nothing, nothing of what you want, and it makes you look like a dick Amen. and a dumbass. I like that. What would you say to people who have been with their partner for 10 plus years and they need to spark romance? You've been with Snow White for 18 years. Do you feel like you've been with her that long? No. Okay. Me I neither. always joke that it feels like forever, but yeah. it doesn't, right? I, but it we just no. Kevin Weller and I just celebrated 16 and it yeah. fucking blows my mind. Like what would be the one piece of advice you would give to people in a relationship that long that makes it keep going? Cuz like you guys have the weirdest fucking schedule and you just told me today how proud you were of her for like sticking with your toddler all day long i think the thing like people always talk about like never stop dating each other Mm -hmm. which is good you know like always do nice things and stuff yeah but dude honestly like affirm your partner like go home and tell them 
oh, damn, dude, the house looks really good, yeah. right? Because they took the time to clean and dust while you were gone, right. right? And, like, you can take your partner on all kinds of fancy dates, and it <laughs> keeps it romantic, right? Yeah. But romance isn't every day, no. and it's not real life, right? No. But if you come home and you're like, dude, thank you for doing all of my laundry, dude, right? Like, <laughs> No, seriously. That, like, no, seriously. affirm your partner in those things? Because dude. That just builds upon it because when you get that positive affirmation, yep. you're more willing to continue to do it, right? Yep. And you did something so I don't have to. Yeah. And I'm recognizing your effort. Yeah. And that means it's meaningful to me. It was one right? of my greatest honors to be in your wedding. By the way, I was in B's wedding and I was a, uh, a lady. Uh, wait, uh, wait, how do you I say hope you're a lady? What? No. Just say groom's person. I was a groom's person, I was on his side. And I wore a gray dress and it nice. was an amazing wedding because there was an in and out truck. I can see you pulling off a suit, though. I, I almost kinda, got one. You're a little you bit of a tomboy. I, yeah. almost pull, I almost got a suit, but the dress that I got was very suit like. And I it was one of the one of my greatest honors was being in your wedding. So I'm super glad I got to do that. Um, and then B came to my wedding. Ditto. Thank you. I wasn't in I her was, wedding, but uh, I, we're not. Well, you were gonna be hard right now. So. You were gonna be, but we're not gonna uh, go there. Yeah. What we're gonna do <laughs> is play the sixty nine. We game. are gonna do that. We okay. are going to play a game, sir, that I play with all of my guests. I'm going to ask you. He kind of has a benefit because he can't hear the music. As many questions as I can in sixty nine seconds. Robert is gonna keep time, right? You just and I'm gonna tick him. Um, I want you I'm to know start that as soon as you finish your first question, Nate has the highest score right now. So you need to. And try you can to skip. Yeah. But the idea is you can skip, but you don't get a point. If well, you, if I'm second place at Nate, I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah. That's really sweet. Actually, I'm pretty excited. Are you ready to to 69? All right. <laughs> What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. What do you like most about the same gender? Muscles. Books or movies? Movies. What's uh, your favorite Disney character? Skip. What do you wear when you go to bed? Boxers. Are you wearing underwear right now? Yes. I just gave you a million dollars. What do you do? Buy a house. What? Uh, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Nineteen. Do you think we're alone in the universe? No. Sun or snow? Snow. Android or iPhone? iPhone. When was your first French kiss? Five. Ha what Hogwarts house are you in? Uh. Harry Potter's. <laughs> Have you ever had a one night stand? Yes. Have you ever cheated? No. Would you rather ride a bike everywhere for a year or give up social media for a year? Social media. Have you ever faked an orgasm? Yes. Uh, biggest celebrity crush? Gwen Stefani. What's the thing you're most proud of? My daughter. Biggest insecurity? <laughs> uh, not being good at my job. Can you drive stick shift? Yes. Favorite animal? Tiger. Favorite plant? Ficus. What's your name for your genitals? <laughs> Thunder and lightning. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Do you masturbate? Yes. Would you rather be able to see or hear? One. See. That, that's it. God, that's it. 31. Did I do it? Oh. No. Oh. He got 33. You two were the only two to ever break the 30 plane, though. Yeah. Well, the Disney one got me. That's what that it did. stalled. It stalled that couple you. Of you could have gotten two more at yeah. least. At least two more. Yeah. And that's been the 69 game. <laughs> God. 
It never ceases to amaze me how amazing this is. I want oh, that's my favorite part. And that's this been on, this really like quickly before. Uh, I want you to listen. So oh. I'm going to give the um, music. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give B this my music? headphones. The no, for game? the end. Oh, for okay. the end. I'm going to give B my headphones for the end. Just put them on. Just put them on. I swear. I got a giant head, so you do have a massive head. Didn't your mom had to have a C-section? Because no, that's a horrible rumor. Pretty sure that's accurate, because otherwise she wouldn't have been able to do anything else. Are you head shaming me right now? I'm not. It sounds like giving you facts. Giving you facts. I got a lot of brains, a lot of smarts. You are very smart. Yeah. You're actually so usually when I have a question about politics or social things or anything that I need to help word in a less emotional way, Bunky is the man I go to, and I almost always refer to him as my smartest friend because he really is. So we're gonna have you come back on and talk about politics. We're all (laughs) don't get so excited. We're also gonna have you come back on. And oh, talk about, um, it is a good song. It is. Um, we're also going to have you come on a crossover episode and talk about music because you might be the reason that music, you might be one of the reasons that music is so important to me. Oh, that's and an honor. This song I didn't that you're that. listening to yeah. right now is uh, one of the, like, I had to pick one. And it, it I vividly remember one of my first uh, crowd surfing experiences was was with Bunky at an MXPX show at the Glass nice house, house in Pomona. Just after like December, mm-hmm. right? December that year. And I wore one of the 911 t-shirts mm-hmm. that they gave away and he pulled me on stage and like showed me off to the I was like Mike like pulled me on stage like the lead singer of MXPX. I couldn't yeah. even I almost Why am I not surprised? Go, I mean anyway, so it also was, a great podcast too. It was <laughs> Does he have a podcast? Yeah, it's really <gasps> good. Mike Reach Herrera. out. Send some emails. Shout everybody, everybody out listen to, to that. Mike Support Herrera. them. They're awesome. Oh, my God. I'll send him some emails. But Hey, if we're going to say that kind of pop punk, I got Jordan from Newfound Glory on oh, my podcast. Oh, yeah, you do. Shout out to Soso Scrutiny, who has a Newfound Glory uh, episode with the lead singer of Newfound Glory. It's coming out. It's crazy. Um, it was an absolute honor to have you on yeah, my show. Yeah, a lot of fun. For many, many reasons. Uh, most of them being because I love you with all of my heart and soul. And uh, and because I'm a goddamn American hero miracle. That's the main reason. All right. I need another MXPX song because this one's going to end before we end this. All right. So pick another one. It's your choice. It's dealer's choice right now. Oh, I do? Oh. Yeah, you do it. I don't know them as well. Uh, Bremerton. Move to Bremerton. Just type in Bremerton. It's fine. It's not one of their uh, number ones. It doesn't. Matter. It's off of life in general. It is. And See, it's I knew you one guys of my favorite MXP. I almost went with that one, but I thought it would be too on the nose since I'm from Seattle. But I, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on and talking to us about your experience as a firefighter. Thank you for coming on and talking about your experience as having female friends and, um, you know, going through your journey of life. And I hope that you enjoyed yourself and you'll come back and visit us again. Everybody have different gendered friends. You need perspective. Right? Yeah. I feel like that's a must. It's necessity. I like it. It really is. Especially if you don't have family that's different gendered. Like, you really need to branch out and get yourselves some other gendered friends. Um, Thank you to all firefighters. Literally all first responders. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Policemen, firemen, EMTs, paramedics. You guys do the jobs that most civilians and most human beings cannot do it blows my mind and those inmates out there too and fucking the inmates who are doing that volunteer firefighting work it's just 
It blows my mind that you're willing to risk your lives for ours, and I am appreciative. Um, I hope the rest of you are as well. Please take care of yourselves mentally, though. Like, really get yourself some help if you need it. Go talk to somebody. Um, and as always, I want to remind you to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Position Podcast. Email me if you have any questions. What's Your Position Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, stay safe. Buy Axe Body Spray. Stay kind. It'll get your wife. And stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast and its social media websites represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for the educational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Say hi real loud. Say hi really loud. Hi. Hi. Say your name. Say. Do you hear yourself? You can hear yourself, huh? Mm-hmm. Say so, hi, mom. Mom. <laughs> can you hear me? Who's that talking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that funny? You're a podcaster now. <laughs> You're a podcaster. Yeah? Dad's turn, yeah. So cool. What'd you do to your cheek? You just like to have a band-aid? She's Nelly. That's cool. Bringing it back. I like yeah. that. It's Great job. You got a good radio voice.